Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Careful for Spoilers. I am your host James Barnes and today guys I'm joined once again by Aaron and Brad and we're going to be talking about our picks for the top 10 best films of 2019 and we're going to be giving you our Oscar picks for this year's Academy Awards. First off I want to say Aaron, Brad, thank you guys so much for joining me on the podcast again. Oh thank you for having us. We are yeah, yeah, always whatever. happy to <laughs> be back. I had to drag Aaron here. I'm just going to let you know that. I'm just like ugh. No. <laughs> no, James, we're so happy to be back. Thank you for having us. Yeah, of course. I love having you guys on the podcast. I love talking about movies with you guys. So um, let's go ahead and dive in. I, I've been itching to talk about these movies. I've, I've kept my list I hidden know. from Brad both is, of you guys. I'm very yeah. open. I'm, my grandpa cannot give Christmas presents before or after Christmas or during Christmas because he always gives them a week before as soon as he buys. I'm the same way. I've been showing everyone my list. I've been texting it to you guys. I'm like, I think I'm not changing this. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Mine is secret until we so talk. James's, they're both mm-hmm. secrets. Yeah. I've been, I changed it this morning. Same. <laughs> I rearranged like my three, four, and five today. Yeah. Um, I saw Marriage Story again this morning. It's Ooh. just, fuck, I can't wait to talk about that movie. Yes. But um, let's start at number 10. And Brad, I want to start with you. What Ooh. is your pick for the, uh, for number 10? My pick is a, uh, it's the ninth movie. In a director's wonderful career, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, nice. Ooh. That is my number 10. I saw it twice. Once once uh, with my boss, <laughs> and then once <laughs> with my dad. <laughs> um, but both times, like I liked it the better the second time, because it's a movie that's it's not a regular movie. It's more of like an experience, and it's very slow, but in the best way, because I loved all the characters. Um, I loved all of the flashbacks or the different experiences they've had on set. Especially the scene uh, where uh, Rick Dalton is on the set of that western, yeah, and he just and you go through the entire scene until he screws up, and it's just so funny and so interesting to watch. And I just love that, just that experience of the movie. Not not just the story as a whole, like the last thirty minutes are fantastic as well, but just everything leading up to it is just such a, a joy to watch. Yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes too. I like it, especially when they have to like reset the scene. Oh, it's the camera so moves and they have to do everything over again. Like it's it's so fucking cool. What's yeah. interesting to me too is the the original cut of that movie was five hours, and that feels like something that normally he would have cut out of one of his movies. This whole like watching the western thing, but it stayed in. It made it really interesting. Though I am heartbroken to say that that is my number eleven. That was what I was so torn mm. up about. the The reason is it's just some movies really tickle my fancy, and I'm like I want to watch it and I want to be in it and. I want to be a part of it and that movie I just I love Tarantino but I love other Tarantino movies more and I'm like oh it just didn't make the cut like because it's such a good movie mm-hmm. but oh it just it barely that's what I was rearranging over and over I just I couldn't like I'm like ugh but the other movies are the ones that it will, if I had to pick 10 movies to be on my shelf and only those 10 movies from this year that movie would sadly miss the cut. Oh. Yeah, I, I had to make my list based on that as well. Mm-hmm. So, so what is your number ten? My number ten is Climax. Gaspar knows Climax. Oh, okay. Really wonderful, really bizarre movie. Uh, Brad was telling me that he rewatched it last night. We were talking a little bit about it last night. The movie, the the reason it's number ten and not higher because the the, the second half of the movie is just brilliant. I don't know. Have you seen it, James? I have not. It's a brilliant movie. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't seen it. Because um, it's, it's on Amazon Prime. It's on yeah. Amazon Prime. It's free. The oh, second, sweet. Yeah, the second half of the movie is just brilliant. Um, even even pieces of the opening, but the, it, it is so non-traditional in its structure, and it's very much broken up in halves, uh, build up to that half. It's not like it's two different movies. It's like the first half builds up to the second half. Um, but it's, it's daring, and it's experimental, and there are times where the experiment fails. 
but nine times out of ten, the movie's brilliant, and especially once it gets going, and there's a whole lot to love. Um, the performances are incredible, but it's it's just so bizarre, and I could see it turning people off. There were parts of it that turned me off, which kept it from going higher on my list, but it, it really is a brilliant, experimental movie from a great filmmaker, and I'm glad it exists in the form that it does. Yeah, there's so many films that I need to see, like, right before Same. we actually get to the Oscars. So, disclaimer, before we go yeah. any further, this these lists are going to be made based on the films that we saw this year. Yeah. Um, so, if you think that something should be on one of our lists, just know this is, one, our opinion, and two, we haven't yeah, this, seen every film. Like, I, I haven't seen, like, A Hidden Life, um, mm-hmm. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Mm-hmm. Um same, same. Uh, I didn't see Little Women yet. I do need Ooh, to go see that. Yeah, I still haven't seen Little Women. I loved Little Women. Um, and I know Aaron has not seen 1917. I have not seen 1917. Because that's not available here yet. Yeah. James and I were lucky and got to see it early. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I don't know if we're going to talk about worst movies of the year, but I was telling Brad, I have not seen many bad movies this year. Because I knew they were going to be bad. You know, like, I saw Cats, obviously. Um, which was, obviously, just a, a complete, beautiful abortion of a movie. <laughs> um... But yeah, there there are some ty- I feel like I've seen most of the movies this year though. I've seen enough to make a list confidently, but mm-hmm. yeah, there are a couple key players that I have missed. Yeah. Um so my number 10 is going to be Midsommar. Oh. I know you guys aren't fans of this movie, no, I, but I I'm I'm I'm, I'm I like Hereditary way more. Like, yeah, but Go on. Yes. No, I, I agree. Hereditary <laughs> with, with, with is a better movie. judging eyes. <laughs> but I thought Midsommar was an experience. And I'm going to say that about pretty much all of the films on this list. This film was an absolute experience from beginning to end. I can honestly say I've never seen a film like Midsommar. I think it is weird. You've and- never seen The Wicker Man? God. <laughs> well, which one? Nick Cage or like the, the original Wicker Man? Uh, the only one. Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought Midsommar again was so original. I love the characters. There's this, some scenes that are just really, really weird. I like unsettling things. Ari Aster chooses to film scenes and doesn't pull away from them. I feel like a lot of filmmakers would see certain things that happen in that movie and it's like, well, let's just pull that away at the last second. But no, he keeps the camera on it consistently. Um, There's moments where the characters are doing drugs and you feel like you're doing psychedelics with them at the same time. I thought that was a really unique experience. I think this director has a lot of great stuff to come in the future. Hereditary and Midsommar are incredible films to me and that's why I had to pick it as my number 10. So Brad, I'm going to pass it back to you unless you guys have other thoughts on it. Ari Aster's going somewhere. It's very clear. He's not a dumb guy. He's not a not talented filmmaker. Hereditary and Midsommar, we had issues with them, but it's not like, ugh, what a bad filmmaker. He's taking risks, he's being bold, he's being decisive. It's very obvious that he's a talented, decisive filmmaker. Midsommar, I actually liked more than Hereditary. Midsommar would probably be like my number 20. I liked mm. it. I didn't, they're just, there There were a couple key issues that really kept it from soaring, but when that movie works, it works beautifully, and there, there I actually will be mentioning uh, Midsommar uh, later on my uh on some of my, uh, well, we'll, you'll see, you'll see. Okay, okay. All All right, right, let well, me get you number nine. Yeah, my number nine is Marriage Story. Okay, I really enjoyed that movie. Um, it's it it didn't. You, typically, dramas like that aren't don't get to like my close to my number one because I just I look for a different kind of movie in that space. But the just the performances alone make that movie just soar. Um, Adam Driver steals the show entirely. Like people are talking about, Scarlett Johansson's great. But my God, does Adam Driver completely kill it? Yes. Agreed. Yeah. No, he, yeah. he's the heart of that movie. Yeah. Um, and the script so natural, oh. so I don't know. It just feels so lifelike that mm-hmm. it's it's 
heartbreaking. It, it really is. It's a horror movie. It's not a drama. It is so scary. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes everyone terrified of marriage, I think. Yeah. <laughs> See, you know what's interesting is I, I, I hear that, but it didn't make me terrified of marriage. It made me... It made me. It, they very obviously shouldn't have gotten married. Well, based on... that, That's just hearsay. We never actually saw like what no, it was but, like but before. You, you talk, They talk about their feelings going into the marriage, and, and you're like, I can see why this is ending in divorce. Yeah, I agree. Um... I, but it, no, it's a brilliant movie. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. All right, yeah. here, you. My number nine is. I want to rearrange this list, but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stick with it. <laughs> um, my number nine, which might be higher, but I don't know. It's pro- it's Knives Out. Mm, Ryan okay. Johnson's Knives that Out. That just missed my. List. I also missed Knives Out. I need to see it. Ooh, oh, it's great. Knives Out was a funny movie because I mean, it's funny, but like. It, it was peculiar because it reminds me so much of something that I would make myself as a filmmaker. There are a lot of things about it that just I'm like, oh, man, I would do something like that. And it's really cool to see it working. It's also really nice to see him, you know, making a good movie after completely messing up the Star Wars sequel trilogy uh, single-handedly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, hot take. Um, but Knives Out, it's really funny. It's really – it's not that it's different, actually. I would say, oh, it's so different. But it calls back to an era of movie that we don't see anymore. It's an old-fashioned murder mystery full of great performances. Uh, there's a whole lot to love, honestly. And I, I don't want to say a thing because I don't want to spoil it. We, I went in blind, and I think everybody else should too. I think – what surprised me so much about it was that it was so funny and so endearing and not this – I thought it was going to be this suspenseful, like, murder mystery, edgier seat – it does keep you guessing. It is suspenseful, but it's really bright, really funny, and it's a very edible movie. It's very, it's an easy watch. Uh, watch it with your family. It's the kind of movie mm-hmm. you can watch with your whole family and really enjoy. Um, it's just super solid all the way through. And yeah. Daniel Craig is absolutely hilarious. Oh, Daniel Craig is hilarious. Daniel Craig, uh, Rosa, no, not Rosa, Rosa Salazar. Uh, she was Alita. Uh, uh-huh. Rosa de Armas, who is the lead. Ana de Armas. Yeah, Ana de Armas. Rosa's not in that. Goodness, I'm. <laughs> I'm evil, I guess. I'm racist. I don't know what you say when you get a non-American name wrong. Um, no, she was brilliant. Just a whole lot of love for that movie. Go see it. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see Knives Out. My number nine pick is John Wick Chapter 3. Mm. Um, I think I this one. is one of those rare moments where the the third film... And, well, it can't call it a trilogy, but the third film in his franchise is easily the best. It does everything a sequel should do, which is raise the stakes, give you more of what you came to see. And I think this film does that brilliantly. Um, the action is incredible. Um, that opening, um, well, not opening, but one of the opening fights where he kills this guy with a book. I thought that was oh, fucking that was incredible so cool. in the library. Um, that entire fight sequence with all of the knives and everything, especially when you figure out that the knives aren't even in the scene. They're all CGI. The glass they break is CGI. Everything is done so well. These are the best fight sequences in any movie. I They're filmed so brilliantly. I had to put John Wick in my top ten. It's just an incredible movie. I missed that one, and my parents saw it, and they're like, that was just about the most violent movie I think I've ever seen in my life. So, that made me want to see it, and hearing that made me want to see it more. I went to go see it with my dad, and we were just like, that was awesome yeah it's, it's, i saw it's like, awesome. i saw the horse race on youtube or whatever the horse chase and i was like holy shit man yes he uses a horse as a weapon like it, 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 it's no nuts. i love it when he, he smacks the horses and then it just kicks that guy's skull in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 oh it was so cool no i look forward to seeing that one 
Yeah, I, I can't wait for you to see it, and I want to hear your thoughts. Um, so, Brad, again, I'm going to pass it off to you. What's your number eight pick? Are we just going to keep passing it off to me? Yes, like, we are. Uh, We're going in this circle, right? I mean, what? James and I could just do our whole list, and we could lock you in the closet right <laughs> and there. I'll just be, and I'll just, you'll just hear me in the background going, I really, I really liked um, Cats. I really liked that one. <laughs> did you hear, side note, did you hear that Cats has been pulled from the Academy Screener Library? They pulled it from the Academy. There's a streaming service for voters in the Academy. They pulled Cats from it. Why was it there to begin with? Well, because anything that qualifies usually goes in there. So. Why would it qualify? That's my question. <laughs> I think they were trying for best original song. song and best... I think they were trying for everything until the yeah. movie came out. But I don't anyway, know. go ahead and... God. Ugh. We all know your number one is Cats. Yeah. But well, yeah, we're just, we just had to get there, though. Um, my cats number... is my number zero. <laughs> my number eight is a movie I thought I wasn't going to like. The Art of Self-Defense. Oh, that's okay. also my number eight. Oh, is it really? Yes, it is. Oh, okay. I like how we landed on the same number And we saw there. it together. Mm-hmm. I love that movie, but it did not make it into my top it ten. It is so us. It is so our humor. It's top 20 for sure, though. Yeah. I just, the, the, the way that Riley, uh, Riley Stearns... Riley Stearns. Stearns. Um, he did such a good job balancing the dark comedy with like an actual heartfelt story. And I need to watch it again. I still haven't seen it since the theater, but that's how well it stuck with me and yeah. how funny it was. Aaron and I, I think in the theater, we were the only ones truly oh my gosh. Like, laughing so hard we at it. We were. Like the rainbow belt. and The thing that, the, the reason it's top ten material for me is that the, the twists in the story. Mm-hmm. Mm. I went in blind. I had no... It, it's a, it's like stupid parasite, yeah. Because parasite's got these <laughs> twists where you're like, wow, okay. And in, and in art of self defense, you're like, what the fuck? That makes sense. Oh my god. So it's 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 exactly what a great comedy should be. Mm-hmm. And th- just the way that it, just the the foot shaped kick mark on his dog. Remember that, that in the was hospital? So up. That is so Cause Cause funny. Something happens to his dog. <laughs> And it's like, who could have done this? And there's a foot-shaped kick mark on his dog. And he's like, sensei. And his trainer had earlier said something about how when he kicks people, it leaves a mark it or something. It leaves a mark. It's just... Doesn't um, a doctor say that? Like, it's, Yeah. Yes. It's a doctor, too. It was and, clearly done by a foot, but the marks, it's like a punch. Oh, my God. That's right. It's That's right. His, his kick is like a punch. It's and just, then the, sen- oh, the rainbow belt, but the way that the sensei just is... When his backstory gets fully explained, and it's never like fully, you just put the pieces <laughs> together, too. and he's just the biggest loser. <laughs> it is, it is, it is honest to God comedy filmmaking at its best. Yeah, everything plays out the way it should. The jokes, there are subtle jokes, there are upfront jokes. The performance from Jesse Eisenberg, and what was the guy that played the sensei? Um, I can't remember his name. I'll look it up real Goodness, quick. Goodness, he, he, so he deserves fun. it. He does. He deserves to be recognized because this he was movie hilarious. was made for Jesse Eisenberg. I think mm-hmm. it was. Oh my God, the scene of him crying in the car after having that confrontation with he's this. There's the scene where he has a very very mild confrontation with a guy in a parking lot, and it cuts to him just choking, sobbing in his car from losing that. I don't want to just go see it. It, it honestly, it honestly it's is a, so funny. Alessandro Nivola. Wow, I mm-hmm. have no idea who that. Is, but he was so funny. Yeah, he was in uh, American Hustle. Yikes! I know him from somewhere else, but I can't. I can't Same. place it's it. One of those He's been in quite a few things. It's one of those things where I've seen him. Yeah. No. Um, so that is both of our number eight. Yes. Yeah. So James, what's yours? My number eight is going to be Uncut Gems. 
Ooh, uh, this this was hard. Low. Yeah, this was hard because I wanted to put it higher. But when I think about the other films that I picked, it's I just it was it was hard for me. But Uncut Gems is a phenomenal film. This is Adam Sandler's best performance to date. Yeah, um, I don't think anything really comes plo- um, close. Punch Drunk Love was great from the beginning all the way until the end. You just. I don't know what to feel about this guy. It's like you, you're watching someone destroy their own life, scene by scene by scene. And I was literally on the edge of my seat the entire time. I know you were. Until it ends. <laughs> and then you just, there's this sigh of, I don't know, relief that mm-hmm. it's just over, that I don't have to watch this guy tear apart his life anymore. <laughs> During the movie, I just kept cursing at the screen because there's just did. dumb I, fucking people oh, everywhere. My favorite thing about, because Brad James and I see a lot of movies together and my favorite thing about seeing movies with you James is you get angry <laughs> I'm, I get so you invested get, in movies you get movies. very invested but like he'll make a decision and I'll hear oh my god no I was like fuck? you dumb fucking cunt like come on oh my god it's so funny it's like it's like you're watching a football game I love it but yeah every like or even like when we saw The Grudge we saw The Grudge last week it was very bad and I'd hear James be like what the fuck oh my god <laughs> I think Aaron heard that from both sides because I was on the other side just losing my mind. I kept going like this. I would stick my fist out real slow in front of Brad's face and then turn it into a thumbs down. <laughs> but um, Kevin Garnett, surprisingly, mm, is yes. incredible in this movie. So good. He brings so much of that character. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield, I mean, mm. he's great in everything that mm-hmm, he does. Mm-hmm. That guy is just so magnetic. Even in this movie, you don't necessarily like him. I find myself... I didn't like anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, there's there's like no Ke- one really liked, to uh, like besides Kevin, Kevin Garnett. Garnett. I liked him. Yeah. Um, his girlfriend, I thought, she was fine by the end, but I mean, I, nothing about her character draws me into Adele her. Adele Dazeem or the guy he's having the affair with? No, Julia Fox. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the girl yeah, he's Adele having the affair Dazeem. with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Adina Menzel, but remember when John Travolta introduced her at the Oscars? Oh, as yeah. Adele Dazeem. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> yeah. It was it was really weird to see Adina Menzel in Not Frozen. Mm-hmm. She was really nice. I'd like to see her do more. Yeah. yeah. No, no, oh, man, she played such a great, hateful wife. She yes. was. And so she was funny. One, she. They all played super Jewish characters and she was, you know, like... She just fit the role really well. Yeah. Um, Last thing I'll say is the the Safdie brothers mm, know how to take mm. people who haven't been in a lot of movies and they know how to direct them. Yeah. They know how to bring out great performances. It's amazing. Because um, the girl he's having the affair with, she's she's in like one other thing. Yeah. And um, Kevin Garnett's never been in anything. Yeah. It's just it's it's interesting what a director can do with the right kind of people when you make the right casting choices. But Uncut Gems is my number eight. So say what again. T- tell me. Wait. Tell me what you told me about that scene with the guy. That they just pulled from the casino. Oh, um, the the scene where right after she puts in that final bet, um, and the guy that she's sitting next to while she's trying to hide from the other guy, they talked to him the night before. Seriously, and was, yeah, and was like, "Hey, you want to be in a movie?" He's like, "I don't know." And then they text him later, they're like, "You want to be in a movie?" He's like, "Okay," and uh, he's right. in the movie. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. He's only and, got like five he, lines, but it's and he just, was good. Like, it's, none of us knew that he just no, was. A no- you would never know that he was just a local. Yeah. It's insane. Um, well, number seven, Uncut Gems. Nice. <laughs> oh, cool. So we were already talking about it. Um, but the, the oh, man, the, the way that this movie weaves through this man's life with so much interconnecting material that doesn't feel like there's too much or there's too many conveniences or anything like that. It's just insane how well they they weave this story and they make you feel for Howard, even though like if you met him in real life, you would you couldn't deal with him for like five minutes because he's so 
animated and such a scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> he did have fake teeth in Adam Sandler. Did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. They looked like um, veneers. Uh, yeah, that's what. That's exactly. They were oh, fake okay. veneers because they went down to the real diamond district, and that was one of the things they noticed is everybody had veneers as like a status symbol. So, like, Weird. That's, that's I didn't know that was I a talked. status symbol. I thought you just got those because your teeth sucked. No, a lot of them are. You know, they wanted perfect teeth. So oh. and veneers can be made out of like really nice material, like porcelain and shit, like the marble. Hmm. Like, That'd be so weird to have in your mouth. Jonathan Everett has veneers, you know that? Wow, way to out him. (laughs) He'll tell anybody. I mean, his teeth are perfect. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. But yeah, um, but yeah so I, I had a great time with this movie. It's it's Don't watch it if you have a heart condition, because <laughs> you'll, you'll die. It's going yeah. like, to be like those Disney World rides where there's going to be like, do not watch if you're pregnant, do not watch if you have heart disease, do not watch if you... <laughs> also, do not watch if you don't have an attention span like the people in our theater. Like, two people were on their phones. One of them was on the setting screen on her phone for like five minutes at one time. The movie, yeah. the movie attracts a really broad audience. It attracts basketball fans, it attracts Adam Sandler fans, and it, it, it just attracts a bunch of people who are not prepared to be assaulted for two hours, two hours and 12 minutes or Most whatever. definitely. It is a very different movie, and for people like us who watch a lot of movies and, and understand the kind of ramifications of making a movie that's really different, it's like, oh, that's really great, but if you're just an average moviegoer, I could see how you can misunderstand it as a bad movie. Like, well, I didn't like Adam Sandler. Well, he wasn't funny, you know? To a degree, you kind of need to know going in what you're getting into, and I think that's why our audience was so... Yeah. The cinema score was like a C+. Plus. Yeah. And yeah. I think because for some reason, people went in thinking it was just an Adam Sandler yeah, movie. I think I, I really do. I don't know how you got. I don't know why any though, of the marketing exactly because I'm like the marketing shows it as a completely different kind of movie. Yeah. But it came out during Christmas, and so it's like, oh my goodness, look at Adam Sandler movies. That let's go see it, Grandma. Come on, he's so funny. I saw him in Happy Gilmore. He's so funny in that movie. So. You know, they're like, let's go see it. And he does have really funny moments in the movie. Though. He oh, yeah. does. Yeah. He's, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, 100%. I mean, but yeah. it's, you know, not like his funny moments in Murder Mystery or the do over, yeah. that kind of crap. So I just rearranged my list. Oh, you, no. <laughs> no, no, no. My, my, my 10, 9, 8 is, are the same. Okay. So now my number seven. It's not what I had a problem with, but okay. My number seven. That's what we're on, right? Yes. yes. Is Marriage Story. Mm. Okay. Uh, this one has hopped around from number two to number seven, and I, I don't know where it's going to land. Also, it went down for well, you. It went from two? It's it. Well, it's not that it went down. It's that other movies went up. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Wow. Okay. I just... The thing about Marriage Story is it is such a meat and potatoes, like, drama, and it's like, yes, mm, very serious. I'm watching it with a serious mm. face. Yes, yes, yes. It's incredible. It's so incredible. Adam Driver carries the movie incredible. Laura Dern deserves all the praise she's getting. Everyone's going, oh, Scarlett Johansson. I actually thought Scarlett Johansson was the weaker link in the movie. Interesting. The thing is, I mean, the weaker link, they'd be like looking at the Patriots and being like, which which player is the worst? I'm like, they're the Patriots. They're all good. You know, it's like you have these heavyweight actors. They're all amazing. Scarlett Johansson gives an award-worthy performance. She should be nominated for Best Actress. But you've got Laura Dern and Adam Driver just like, just like lifting a little heavier than her. But Laura Dern does this beautiful... I think it's, people uh, don't understand why a performance like Laura Dern's are getting nominated, but it's so hard as an actor to be likable, understandable, and hateable like she is. I, I know why she's being hateful. I don't hate her for it, but I hate her for it, but I hate Scarlett Johansson for making it. It is such a complex little character. She does a lot with a little, and 
it, it's just a brilliant script. It's a brilliant script. It, mm-hmm. it, the, the fact that it, I, I saw it and I thought it was improv and then none of it was improv, I was like, holy shit. It is such a beautiful portrait of something so, so real. Um, but it's, yeah. you know, the reason it's lower on my list is because it's not like, wow, movie magic. You know, I want to watch this every year for the rest of my life. Um I, I could die without seeing the movie again. But the movie was such an incredible experience that it had to be on my top ten. So insightful and so full of perspective. So sh- shout out to that scene where Adam Driver screams at Scarlett Johansson's face. Every day I wake up and I hope you're dead. That, that whole thing. I have a lot to say about that scene when I when I get to it. But um, on the topic of improv, I've heard that director does not let his people no. improvise at not all. Not at all. Do what's on the page and that's it. Based on his pages... I was yeah, saying, when you're yeah, that stick with it. Yeah. It's like Quentin Tarantino. He doesn't let anybody but Sam Jackson improvise. What an honor for Sam Jackson. I know. Right? What, yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, and Sam Jackson's been working with him since the beginning. So yeah, he, that's he, true. He knows Tarantino. So, But yeah, it, it, very interesting. So my number seven pick is going to be Jojo Rabbit. <gasps> that just this missed is, my list. This is, I don't know really? why I gasped. Yeah, I missed my list. Oh, man. I I loved Jojo so Rabbit. So good. Yeah, um, it is I, very good. I did not know what to expect. I saw the trailer one time, the first trailer. Trailer, and I didn't want to see anything else on purpose. I went in and I, I cried in that movie. Um, I think it is heart wrenching. I think it's really funny. Taika definitely has a style, and it works, and it comes really through in this movie. Um, Scarlett Johansson is great in this movie. Yeah. I yeah. love the kid. The kid is my mm-hmm. favorite part of the whole thing. No, he's really he's just so good, and um, his relationship between him and the Jewish girl. I thought their relationship was really interesting because he's been pretty much taught his whole life to hate Jewish people and see them as monsters or people who are not Nazis apparently and when he meets this girl he starts off hating her but then when he gets to actually know who she is and realize that oh this is just another person I thought that that story came through really well Taika did a really good job um, with everything in this movie I wanted Jojo Rabbit to be a little bit higher but again it's just one of those situations where everything else is just a little bit better yeah Mm -hmm. or maybe resonated with either. Like, that's the thing, too. Yes. It's like, like, Jojo Rabbit is inarguably an excellent movie. It just missed my top ten because other movies resonated with me more for, right. some, for one reason or another. Um, no, yeah. Jojo Rabbit is fantastic. You definitely have to know what you're getting into, though. I was so thrown off when I saw it because I had seen Hunt for the Wilder People and um, What We Do in the Shadows. I'm a big Taika fan and Thor Ragnarok, and so I was just really surprised to see that this had a more dramatic undertone. Um, but if you're prepared, it's a fantastic movie. He There's balanced a, the comedy oh my God. so well. But what was so amazing about that movie is is that it normally with drama comedies it's like the comedy is like kind of funny it's nothing like laugh your ass off funny but this goes from being like a very serious story about anti-semitism to laugh your ass off funny like when hitler jumps out the window mm-hmm. yeah oh my god there's just so well, many every scene with him it's it's you're laughing out loud it's yeah. just so funny well, and then like the kid with the rocket launcher and you're just like this Jesus. is a, this is a serious drama about anti-semitism and then there's a kid with a rocket launcher and then there's hitler jumping out the window and, and so it's, and it doesn't it doesn't take away from the message no in and the, the, the movie is really special yeah. for that but I, I can see how it wouldn't work for some people um but it's yeah no good good pick. And, and all this and i my probably my one of my favorite things about that movie is um i i almost said i forgot the kid's name <laughs> jojo <laughs> um Aaron's about to cough up water <laughs> um but jojo when he's right when he makes those fake letters to to the girl mm. those are so heartwarming yeah. at near the end like that was 
so beautifully written. Yeah, I I, I, actually, I I wish that was on my list, but again, it's these things that I can't definitively say it's better. It just resonated with me more. Yeah, That's yeah. it. I, I really love when directors do set up and pay off really well, and it's not cheap. Um, the shoes. His mom's shoes. You, you keep seeing them throughout God. the film. And then he... I, I don't want to give it away for people who haven't seen it, but... No, it, that is a... Fuck, man. It, a, it hit me really that, hard. That hit like a truck. It's yeah. just crazy yeah. how you can go, though, from Kid with a Rocket Launcher to a moment like the shoes moment. And it in works. The same, and, wor- and it works. It's just really impressive stuff. Yeah. I'm liking it the more I talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it, it's... It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but are we on six Yes, now? let me get your number okay, six. Cool. Uh, my number six, Dr. Sleep. Nice. Ooh, Dr. That just Sleep missed, that just, just missed, missed my, my top, top ten. Really? Wow. I loved it. Um, I loved it, too. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that's on someone's list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, no. I'm pissed it didn't make it in, but... Same. No, that was always in, like, the mid-middle of my list. It moved, like, slightly, but it was always there. Just because I love Ewan McGregor's performance yeah. as oh, yeah. Annie Torrance. Like, it's fantastic. Um... The little um, girl is really good too. Yeah, I was. Oh yeah, Abra, she's amazing. Well, she's he, Mike Flanagan is phenomenal with child actors. He's mm-hmm. proven that with Oculus and Haunting of Hill House. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was not surprised he got a really good performance out of her. Yeah. Um, and she, I mean, that's not even taking away anything away from her. She's great. But yeah, so the are you pulling it up right now? On Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh, I'm glad to see the audience score is high. Yes, it's an 89 audience it's a very, score, 77 critic score. I know there's there were a lot of. Like, maybe, like, a vocal minority of people that, like, really didn't like it because it wasn't, like, the original Shining. It was a bit more mainstream and easier to kind of digest. And I'm like, I didn't want another Shining. I exactly. Wanted, I wanted someone else's take. And Mike Flanagan mixed his own style with Kubrick's style perfectly. Yeah. And the book. Yeah, and yeah. the and the, I didn't read the book, but I'm sure he did. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure he did or you did? He did. Well, of course he did. No, no, not read the book. Like, I'm sure he mixed it well. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure he read the book, maybe, <laughs> while he was writing the screenplay. Um, but I really enjoyed the the drama mixed with the scares, because it was legitimately, like, very unsettling. Yes, it was. Um, and it didn't do, you know, those, Mike Flanagan doesn't do, like, these stupid jump scares. Like, if there's no. a jump scare, it's it's well done. It's um, awesome. And the, yeah, and the entire final sequence in... In, an overlook. I just had a blast. Oh with. my god! Yeah. It was so good. Um, but yeah, that one just I want to watch it again and again. Mm. Yeah, Rebecca Ferguson's great mm-hmm. as Rose the Hat. Oh man, is she terrifying in every way? Yeah, absolutely. God, that movie was really good. I'm really sad it didn't make my top ten, especially because Gerald's Game and Hush, two of his other movies, did make my top ten in p- previous years. Oh man, shame, yeah. shame, shame. It was a really good year for my movies. number six. Is uncut gems. Mm, okay. <laughs> um, what what more is there to say? Uh, uncut gems would have been like number two had it not been so long. Is that, I, you, I, think I didn't feel. I, that, didn't, I didn't feel that. I did. I'm sitting there and it started to get repetitive. Um, but it's so brilliant. Like because, who cares? Be, I, I, sorry, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, no, but no, go for, it. for me, it's I think for the director to just constantly hit you over the head with the same thing. I think he wanted to get. They, well, they wanted to get something out of the audience. They wanted you to feel drained at the end of it. So the length of it actually worked to how much I love mm. the film itself. That's a really good point. That's a very yeah. good point, and I can't argue with it. I'm and sorry I, you're wrong, Aaron. I'm sorry. <laughs> I could just see it. It's just like 10 minutes shorter, just like 10. Um, mm. But it's still brilliant. And, and on the subject of uh, Kevin Garnett, the, the brilliant performance from Kevin Garnett, it, it is very rare for an athlete to do a performance and not make a fool of themselves. It, it, no athlete has really 
given a, a top caliber performance like that that I can think of. Not off the top of my no, head. No, they're normally in kids' movies or in comedies or whatever. It, it's hard to tell sometimes. But for yeah. this random basketball player, I didn't know who he was, uh, to waltz onto this movie. He's I thought he was very famous. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've since learned that. But yeah. I just thought he was an actor. I'm like, oh, this guy's really good. I'd like to see him in more movies. He's tall. He's got a great look on camera. And then, like, oh, he's really a basketball player. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, the Safdie brothers are really good at working with actors like that. But just little things like that through the movie really let it soar. You know, this it makes it feel so real. Adam Sandler is so good, obviously. But, mm-hmm. yeah, we've covered all the bases on well, it. It's a great movie. Well, and the, the intro and outro. Oh, like that psychedelic. Oh, my oh, yeah. God. The psychedelic colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. That's my band name. Psychedelic colonoscopy. <laughs> Um, no, there's a whole lot to love. I mean, honestly, it's one of those movies. I think it's going to be one of those movies that becomes like a classic amongst movies. I lovers. hope oh. so. I mean, like, Good Time has become that. Like, yeah. already. The, these guys are like indie movie making rock stars. Yeah. Safety Brothers. I'm I really to see what they do next. I yeah. do too. They're a little bit like Ari Oster, where I'm like, okay, I, I've seen you. I want to see something different now. I want to see, like, what else can you do? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. A lot to love. Yeah. All right, James. So, my number six pick is going to be Marriage Story. Mm. Um, God, is this movie emotionally mm. draining. Mm. I think Adam Driver gives an incredible oh. performance. Scarlett Johansson does a great performance. Their chemistry is great together, yes. in my opinion. Yes. When they have that fight in the house where Adam Driver oh. is yelling at her, yes. and he just falls to his knees crying, and he just says, I'm sorry. I started crying. It, it ripped me apart. And it's like, they want to be civil. They want to be friends. But then when lawyers get involved, and it's like, well, I can get you this. I can get you this. And, well, this is what they're going to do. So this is what we're going to do to counteract that. The lawyers help destroy what mm-hmm. is even left. You know what I mean? And I feel like... This film could have gone the Hollywood route. And when I say that, it could have been a very generic movie where it's like, oh, well, one of them had an affair, even though Adam Driver did have an affair, but it's their divorce is about so much more than that. I feel like a regular Hollywood movie would just be like, oh, someone had an affair. This is why they're having a divorce. And we're going to have a bunch of drama scenes, whereas like she walks in on him or vice versa. I just felt like it could have gone in a completely different direction. And this was handled with respect. It felt like the director actually studied people and studied marriages. Well, he went through a divorce. (laughs) I I didn't know that. When he studied divorces as well before making the movie. Um, It's like, just because it's a movie doesn't mean that it it, it has to be overly dramatic and it doesn't have to have all of these stupid moments that would happen in in other movies centered around this this story. So I really respected that. The argument scene is my single favorite scene of the year. I saw it and I couldn't believe that something that real could exist on camera. Like, truly and honestly, it's very, it's something like that is so rare. The movie's brilliant, but that argument scene is such a rare thing. It, it takes a lot. Well, because coming from a filmmaker's perspective, like it's, it takes a lot for me to cry at a movie because it's hard to separate my brain from like technique and everything yeah. that they're doing. But if I remember correctly, I think that one made me tear up a bit. I think that's... I'm looking at my list, and I think that's the only movie that did that. Um, Let's see. Yeah. I cry really easy. Yeah, you... I, yeah, I do. You, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. Um, but if basket. but if I want to, I don't hold it back. So my like, number one made me cry. But yeah, I'm the same way. If I if I'm gonna cry, I I accept yeah. that that one time. <laughs> Man, my number <laughs> we'll one. I it. can't say my number one made me cry. My number one made me go. <gasps> the whole movie. We'll get there. Yeah, cats. <laughs> um, no, cats made me come. <laughs> oh God! No! 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 
right there in the theater, involuntary. Wait, wait. <laughs> I just sat there, meow. Aaron, I was next to you, and I, I don't. Is that what that sound was? Yeah, that's why I kept meowing. <laughs> okay. All my meows. Every time they went and hissed, I came. <laughs> Anytime James Corden made a fat joke. <laughs> Every time James Corden made a fat joke, I lost three pounds. <laughs> so, speaking of my You know your movie is bad when Rebel Wilson is one of the best actors. Oh, God. Because you know what? She can really work. Like in Jojo Rabbit. She was in it for like five seconds. But she was really she was funny. funny. She was funny, yeah. Like I could... She I'm not some a, of I'm the not best fan, jokes. But, yeah. Rebel Wilson's such a mixed bag, because yeah. sometimes she's so... Gr- I feel like people use her wrong. You know what I mean? I agree. You know? I thought she was really good in The Hustle. Oh, I didn't see that. I thought she I was so funny. Wasn't that movie awful? <laughs> Wait, wasn't the movie awful, though? I didn't think it sucked. Oh. I thought it was... It's fine. I don't know. I just saw Anne Hathaway trying to do a British accent again, and I couldn't do it. It was fine. Yikes. After one day? when they, when Yeah, and hell, even, even Les Miserables. But didn't she do a fake British accent? No. Maybe. I don't know. She was so good in that movie. Yeah. Lame is Rob is awful, and I love her performance. That's how good it was. Yeah. Anyway. Um, we're on five, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, number five, we've already talked a little bit about it, but after watching it again, I love this movie, Climax. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I want to say his name right. Gaspar? Gaspar. Gaspar. No. No. Okay. Um, he's one of my favorite filmmakers of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, there's movies like Irreversible, um, Enter the Void, Love. No matter if it's, you know... Which, all of his movies are self-indulgent. That's kind of what he's about. He wants his movies to be divisive. He wants them to get a strong reaction, which he always gets. And he's so unique. Every time you see just a single shot or a single, like, even sequence of one of his movies, you know it's him. I would argue he's one of the most unique filmmakers. Oh, absolutely. I'd say he's, if not, one of, if not the most. Yeah, I think about Um, him and Von Trier. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they, I mean, he's he's inspired by Von Trier as well. He's mentioned that before. Um, But Climax is just such a unique experience because it's, the the movie starts off with this excellent dance number. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's the only one in the movie that's choreographed, Mm. um, which is what I read online. The rest rest of them are improv. Improv. Yeah. The dialogue is all improv. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, oh, cool. which goes into some of my other stuff later, but um, and it's the the music choices are excellent because yeah. it's the music is pretty repetitive, but you don't mind it at all because it's so catchy and it just you love seeing the energy that brought out in these. All of them are not professional actors except for one, Sofia Batella. Um, she's the only actress in the group. Who is so mm. good, so good. Um, Neurotic and, as all hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that he can pull performances like that out of so many non-actors in such a short period of time. It was filmed in two weeks. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. It was, I think the, the entire process from writing to being edited was four months. Yeah. It's, Which is bizarre because normally he takes so long on his movies. And yeah. This one he wanted it to happens. be in time for one of the festivals, I think. Um, well, and he wanted the movie to have the spontaneity to it. Right. Um, and, and just the, the cinematography is just excellent. Um, the way that they can move the camera and catch everything they need to. Um, it's like the best looking ugly film I've ever it seen. It really is. Because it's ugly, but it's not about the look, it's about the movement. Yeah. Um, and even like when we go past that dance scene and we, and we kind of get into more of like the conversations between um, the the characters um, where it kind of like it blink, the movie blinks 
like it does like a split second of black and goes to another yeah, shot. Yeah, and I like that because it lo- it's like you're kind of peeping into a conversation you're not supposed to be hearing, and yeah. it's, that's where they kind of start some drama with each other. They, you know, you can tell there's some there's some problems there, and then it goes from there, and it becomes just chaos. And well, one thing I loved, loved, loved is that. They get spiked with LSD. Yeah, that's we, what the movie is about. It's yeah. a dance troupe. The punch. It's a dance troupe celebrating their final performance of the year. They and it's a lock-in because it's a snowstorm. It's Absolutely. a lock-in from snowstorm. Someone spikes the punch bowl with a mega dose of LSD. Um, but we never see what they're seeing. All we see mm. is people going nuts. Yeah. Okay. Which and is, I think, the single it's biggest. It's the scariest part of it. Oh my god. Um, and I just, I, I love this movie. It's. It's amazing. Um, Midsommar's been getting a lot of praise because it's like, wow, that's really what it's like to trip on acid, the visuals. And I, the tripping scenes in Midsommar are actually really excellent. Mm-hmm. But what I love so much about Climax is exactly what you're saying. These characters will go up to paintings and just, like, grasp at it. And you don't Your see what they're Your mind has to fill it in. Mm-hmm. And it just... That's cool. Well, in my mind, too, it makes me not want to do drugs. I think that's kind of the point. They had a really bad a mega, yeah, yeah, They had a mega dose of LSD. That's horrible, yeah. Um, what's so interesting about that movie, too, is it's the only movie where... I'm glad nothing got resolved, like, in terms of the characters, um, because what happens is they set up the entire character dynamic, they set up the entire dance troupe, and they're like, LSD, and now that you know that, you these these scenes are so great, so intimate, but nothing needs to be wrapped up other than this megadose of LSD. That becomes the plot. There's a few that kind of do. Oh, yeah. I mean, but of it's, course it's not nothing. But yeah. Yeah. It, I totally get what you're meaning, what yeah. you're saying there. Just so brilliant. God. So good. Yeah. My number five is Little Women. Okay, what's yours, James? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I've never seen it. <laughs> Little Women is made with so much care, love, and attention to detail. It is so alive, and it is so beautifully directed. I mean, it. it I, I couldn't even describe it because it's one of those things where you think, oh, it's just a generic little period piece. But it's it's just so perfect. The way it jumps through time, and it takes these risks and succeeds. It jumps through time, and it sort of has, like, a false ending, um, and then it has two endings. It forks off into two endings that happen at the same time, mm-hmm. um, and then you have actors who they play, they play them, themselves at, like, 15, then they play themselves at, like, 20. Um, it's just... I, I almost don't even know how to describe it. It was one of those things where it caught me so off guard. It's so real, and it... Like one of my other movies on my list that's up higher, it made me understand what it must be like to have a lot of sisters. It made me feel like I understood what it was like to live in that time period and and be a young woman in that time period and to, to, you know, live in the American Civil War and... It's just so beautiful. Every moment is made with such care and detail. Just imagine, It's a perfect little gem of a movie. You hold it, and it just feels perfect, you know? And the, the problem with perfect movies is that they, they can never quite... Climax is hilariously imperfect. Not hilariously, but it's so imperfect. And, and that's what makes it so brilliant. So a perfect movie, it cannot reach certain heights because it's so perfect, like Whiplash or Spotlight or something like that. It's so perfect. It doesn't take any bold enough risks to really hit that above number five point. Like, I hear you. Yeah, like Spotlight. Spotlight. Yeah. Um, spotlight. But... This one, that that's what's so amazing about this one, is that it does take risks, and it stays perfect. And for that reason, it's a movie I'll be thinking about for a long time. Really touching. I forgot movie. to ask you about it. Um, is Emma Watson good? She's not not good. Uh, Average? Yeah. She's she's the weakest link, but, Cause, but her I don't character's know, she, really great. Her character's really great, and she, okay. her character also... It's mainly about Florence Pugh and uh, Saoirse Ronan. Yeah, I've heard nothing about Emma Watson. Are just... just 
powerhouses. Dwayne the Rock Johnson is a big man. They are the acting equivalent of that. They are mm-hmm. just these buff, you know, just like they're just lifting these. But what's so great about it is they're these actors who could be doing this heavy marriage story type stuff and they're applying that to being a young girl in the Civil War. So it's met with such a level of care and detail that it's so cool to see brilliant actors just coasting. Mm-hmm. But not in a they're it's very it's not like they're not trying no yeah. they're trying very hard that effortlessness is because they're such good actors but it does it feels so effortless the whole movie feels like breathing I just it was it, it was over before I knew it and I didn't want it to be over I really have nothing but amazing things to say about this I'm really happy to see Greta Gerwig continue to, to succeed check it out the trailer yeah, makes it seem like it's this like feminist you know sort of girl power movie it's it's not it really isn't it really I didn't isn't. really get that but I mean from the things I mean, that they talk about movie. in the trailer it's like well, it's it's just stupid. Like, if someone writes a good story and someone reads it, and then he's like, "Well, when do you get married?" It's just stupid. It is, and and, the, and in the movie, it's such a they succeed despite it, you know. And it's, I don't know. It's just I think all I think everyone should see that movie. And that's what's so great about it too. It's like I was saying about Knives Out. It's a movie that everybody should see, and a movie everybody can love. It's like Forrest Gump. Everybody loves Forrest Gump. Everybody loves Shawshank. Shawshank, and that's what this reminds me of. It's one of those movies that everybody can see, and everybody should love, or not should love, but will love. So my number five pick is going to be Us. I fucking okay. My number four. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love this movie. Jordan Peele is a genius. I think everything that this guy thinks of is just genius. Um, I love that this movie is about classism, and he found a really unique way to show that in a film that's really entertaining from beginning to end. I know you guys feel a little bit differently, but I absolutely love it. Um, Lupita uh, Nyong'o is amazing in this movie. Winston Duke is literally the parallel opposite from Umbaku. <laughs> like it's it's just he does it so well. That's I love true, that. Yeah. I love that some of the sets it feels like it was made smaller just so he can look like this big dumb idiot that sometimes. Um I I love the parallels between the characters. I didn't see the twist coming at the end really. I thought something completely different. So when it does happen, it just brings everything full circle. Jordan Peele has this unique ability in his films that every time you see them again and again, there's something else that you you notice. There's something else to appreciate, something else that elevates the film. And I've seen us like three or four times now, and it's just better and better and better every time I see it. I um, this is a little spoiler for our, um, the Oscar section, but I it better win best original screenplay or else I'm gonna riot. Just like I said with like Get Out, if he didn't win for Get Out, I was gonna lose my fucking shit. I'm and I think he, he should win out. again. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's even like. He's not in, 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 the, in the discussions for it, honestly. No, I haven't seen it. It doesn't make sense to me. It makes complete sense, sense to me. <laughs> to me. Okay, so Brad and I, us is actually on my worst of the year list. It's on. It's on mine too. So this fuck is, you both. <laughs> <laughs> so, but 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 it's it's pretty that low. Is a, on but it, but that yeah. is a testament to the movie. You know, to end up on someone's best of and to end on someone's worst of a movie that it's not passively bad. It is decisive and it is deliberate and it is um, stylish and it is on purpose. And for that reason alone, you can't it's not a bad movie, you know, so as much as we hated it, the reasons we hated it are the reasons other people love it. And so 
what you're saying is completely valid. And on top of that, I actually think you're very right about um, how one thing that Jordan Peele is particularly good at is rewatchability. His movies are like puzzles, and and I do admire that. Um, And Us was directed, actually, the directing on Us was actually better than Get Out's. Like, directing in terms of camera blocking, actor movement. um, The cinematography was a lot better. Well, and some of those kill scenes were pretty awesome, like in the house with Tim Heidecker and Elizabeth Moss, or on the boat. You know, there are things to like in Us, so... So I'm not just going to blindly bash it. It yeah. is one of those things that it is divisive. I mean, the, the audience score is like a 60, you know. And it's for that reason. People love it or hate it. And I think there is something worth mentioning about that. So, so yeah, I respect that. I respect that. Uh, I, I respect the wrong opinion that you hold. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, what's your number four? Number four, what is it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Joker. Mm, that's my number four, too. Okay. Huh? Um, I... I love this movie. How can you not? It's well, I mean, it did inspire me to like go out and like kill people. It inspired me <laughs> so, to sell, yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> why why don't people love me? Um but no, I I really enjoyed this movie. This Joaquin Phoenix's performance obviously is phenomenal. Oh god. Um it's so every performance in that movie is great and I was not expecting that from Todd Phillips at all. Like, we were talking about it in our review of it. Yeah, it, where did that out come nowhere. from? Yeah. I know. Like, you see that movie and you're thinking, where does this come from? Yeah. I can't help but think that it just, Joaquin, they pulled things out of each other. They really must oh, be. Oh, they, they, they talked about they that. They must be oh, yeah. yin and yang, you know, because they're both at their best. And it's like, they must have really, it sounds like they really pushed and challenged each other because they're both kind of hard-headed mm-hmm. guys. And so they really seem to bring each other to the next level. Yeah. But they're, the every moment in that movie is it's important. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's no dead air. Um, it, it doesn't feel like it's like rushing or the pacing is too much. It's just perfectly edited, perfectly put out. Like, it's just... It's also a brilliant example of how to do comedic relief. Mm-hmm. The, the comedy relief is at such perfect times, and it's such a release. They call it relief because that movie needs it because it's so dark. Like, Uncut Gems isn't dark. You're just watching this guy fuck up his life, which is... It, it's a great movie, but it's a different kind of... So you don't really... Need, and they still have the comedic relief, mm-hmm. but in Joker, what's amazing is you're like upset and you're tense and it's negative and then boom he runs into the hospital door and you're laughing you yeah know? um really a brilliant movie. yeah and the way it all uh you know accumulates at the end um with the you know the franklin murray is that was that his name franklin murray i just murray i don't know okay i with think it is murray. yeah yeah murray <laughs> oh man the way he does his voice that, is so that scene it it's very rare that we get scenes that are immediately iconic mm-hmm. and him the show the scene on the murray show is immediately iconic it, which it, he, another amazing thing about this movie is what it had to live up to. It had to live up to Joker. It had to live up to the DC universe and the comics. It had to live up to its R uh, rating. Like R, people, yeah. yeah, people had expectations of the R rating. Well, and it had to live up to Heath Ledger's performance in a mm-hmm. way. You know, it, it, there are very few actors well, who Jared could. Leto actually kind of allowed that to not be a big issue. Honestly, <laughs> that's true. But but. I mean, walking in, you have to be intimidated by the legacy that this role has. You know, and the fact that Joaquin could very well win the Oscar, you know, after Heath Ledger won the Oscar, it's like this role is. And Jack Nicholson's incredible performance in the 90s Batman mm-hmm. movies as the Joker, Mark Hamill, it's just, it's a role with such a legacy. It's becoming like a Shakespearean thing. It's becoming like playing the Joker is becoming like playing Othello or playing Henry the Henry the Fifth or something like that. And, and to see Joaquin nail it was really incredible mm-hmm. and bring his own, own thing to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so that's our number four. What's yours, James? What is your number four? My number four pick is going to be Avengers Endgame. Ooh, another one that just missed the list for me. The, it's, it's hard. It's, it's very difficult for superhero movies it to is, get on there. It is. Um, but they're, they're, I totally, they're, I totally get they're it. They're good for yeah. a totally separate set of reasons. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, 
But it, well, yeah, no, no, it's so a great, go on. Yeah, go uh, on. I want to hear this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's my third favorite comic book movie of all time. Um, well, actually, number four. Um, but it is. An, what are your in, top three? Um, top three. Um, Oh, okay. That's no, going to no, be a spoiler. Okay, okay. I, yep. <laughs> um, but I think Endgame is everything that I could possibly want from a comic book movie. Um, one, it's a comic book movie. I love the characters in it. I've spent so much time with these characters. Ten years of time with these with some of these characters. And it's a heist movie. I love heist movies. It is a time travel movie. I love time travel. These are all the things that I'm absolutely obsessed with. So to see all of that come together into this one movie, it's three hours long. There are no lulls to me. I feel like everything is brilliantly paced. I feel like the story is well told. The Russo brothers did an incredible job wrapping everything up in this Infinity Saga. It's just a great movie. I could talk about it for years. Maybe, uh, the, maybe this should be on my top ten. <laughs> it's 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 such an incredible it movie. Um, Chris Evans is um, the best he's ever been as mm-hmm. Captain America. Um, Robert Downey Jr. Everyone just brings their A-game to this film. And when it ends, it leaves me with fulfillment. I'm looking forward to what's coming in the future. I just feel like it's a really, really well done film. Everyone brings their A-game. I would say Brie Larson brought her B-minus game. That's fair. Not even that. I, 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 don't, I don't think... No, I'm just... I'm just I think she... This is just my personal thoughts. I think she's really good as Captain Marvel for what she brings. But... She shot her scenes for Endgame before, before shot, Captain yeah. Marvel, so she was still figuring it out. She's, yeah. she's worse in Captain Marvel than she is in Endgame. You think so? I, Captain Marvel is like my number like three worst movie of the year. I Holy see, shit! Yeah, I, didn't yeah, see I hated Captain it. Marvel. I didn't um, see it because you hated it so much. Well, I was. I, I, I want. I don't want to say I was dragged to it, but um, my old boss, he you know wants to take his team out to see like you know he loves Marvel movies. So I'm like, okay, I'll go. Sounds like I you were dragged to it. I, well, <laughs> not dragged. I, I could have said no, but I want. I wanted to go and just you know hang out and all that. But I was angry the whole time. Just not even. Not even you know the whole like oh she was she's too strong for a woman. Not none of that bullshit. No, no. Uh, it is a. I think it's a broken movie. Like I think it's horribly written and directed. Which I mean we're talking about worse movies now. But I, I thought she was. I, I don't know if to blame her or not because. The directors had almost done nothing before. Like they did a few like small things, but nothing on that scale. And you could tell they struggled hard. Yeah. And I don't. I just don't get how anyone could think that movie's remotely acceptable. But whatever. That's Whoa. Funny. Yeah. You don't get how anyone could think that the movie is remote. That's a bit's a big sentence. It's. I think it's broken. It's like The Grudge. I don't see how anyone could think that's a good movie. Yeah. Damn. The, well, there there are fundamental things that a movie needs to do. And it just doesn't do it. My issues with Captain Marvel is I feel like the themes of the film I've seen before yep. and I've seen before in the MCU. And done better. And done better. So yep. that's where also, I had my issues with Captain Marvel. If your big pole is going to be a female superhero, that can't be the only... Like, Wonder Woman was amazing. Wonder Woman was so good, and so if you're gonna try and like, well, she's a woman superhero, don't you like it? It's like I've already seen that. Now I want something different. I want new. Like, give me something. I just I don't know. I want a character I like, and I, I feel, feel like they were banking on like, well, but she's a woman superhero oh, too much. They obviously were. Which yeah. in Wonder Woman they didn't do that, and and no. it, Wonder Woman's really 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 excellent. You know. Um, yeah, I don't like the third act very much, but. Up, up until I mean, that, I mean, it's it is what it is. The third act isn't Patty Jenkins, so it's like it's yeah. it's a different movie at that yeah. point. It, it's it kind of betrays its own me, like its yeah. own meaning to yeah. it. But that's twenty what twenty seventeen yeah. <laughs> that we're talking about now. Yeah. What is your number four, James? 
I already gave you mine. Yeah, oh, what, what, it was Avengers. Say? Oh, doy, Brad. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, so now we're in the top three. This yes. is, these are your top three favorite movies of the year. These are the mm-hmm. movies that you'd live and die for. I'm very curious because I thought a lot of these movies, because like, oh, I think I know what's going to be in all of our top threes. Brad, what is your number three? I can't think of what you think. What, don't say it. Um... Lords of Chaos. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Another one that I missed. I need to see it. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let you borrow it. Um, oh, sweet. I own it. Um, so, yeah, we, we watch it. Um, I, uh, like, just for me personally, I'm a huge fan of metal, like heavy metal. And that's what all this movie is about is the start of the of the Norwegian or Polish? Norwegian. Norwegian. I always get them mixed up. Um, Racist. <laughs> it's either white or whiter, dude. <laughs> um <laughs> But it's the start of, like, you know, the black metal movement with the band Mayhem. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of Mayhem because <laughs> the things they do in this movie are kind of atrocious. Mm. Uh, but it's a it's a real-life story of um, – I, I always forget the names, too. It's a, it's a lot of weird names. Euronymous. Euronymous. That's it. Um, and his kind of journey from just being a fan into creating this heavy metal group that starts, like, a movement – um, a really bad movement. It's like it's kind of what Joker thought he was doing, mm-hmm. except this one they actually did it okay. <laughs> with like burning down churches in in Norway and um, fuck seriously, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's well, it's it's metal. one it's one criminal particular at the center. I forget his name. Uh, Varg. Um, yes, yes. Varg. There, there, there's this movement. There's this band Mayhem. They've created this genre of black metal. And I, since I'm jumping, I'm going to go ahead and say that my number two was Lords of Chaos. I think I remember seeing yeah, your list. My number yeah. two is Lords of Chaos. I love it. And what it is, is it's true crime at its most unique and its very best. It is moving, it is emotional, and it is a huge journey. It is frenetic, and yet it is serene at times. And it's Rory Culkin's performance is so good at the center of it. He's phenomenal. incredibly sympathetic. And the the thing that's amazing about his performance in particular is his evolution, the way they're able to age him, the way they're able to make him more mature, um, and to see his character evolve. What it's about is it's this guy, he starts this band mayhem and this movement of Norwegian black metal. And for him, it's all fun. You know, being extreme, being shocking, it's to make a point, it's for fun, and then someone takes it seriously. Varg takes it seriously. So that before you know it, they're burning down churches, people get killed. Well, Varg like, is, well, I mean, at first he tells Varg off because he's wearing like a, a, like a scorpion thing. Yeah. And he's like, that's not real metal. He's like, that's stop, not real metal. Stop talking to me. And, and then Varg like completely changes his entire getup and actually joins the band. Yeah. And he pushes Euronymous further and further until it just gets way out of control. And, and like Brad, the reason this movie was so high on my list is because I'm also, I'm not as big of a fan of metal music as Brad, but I love music. I love music movies. I love metal music. And it was just, it just sucked me in so deep. And it sucked me into researching the topic. And it was just on my mind for weeks and weeks after seeing it. Um, and it's one of those movies that immediately jumped to like my favorites of all time list mm-hmm. because it is so what I'm interested in and the thing I aspire to make, you know, it's, it, and, and it's, it really is just in my mind what a movie should be and what a movie, what all movies are all about, you know, absolutely fascinating, incredible movie that was sadly underseen, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, because it came out, technically it came out in 2018, but it didn't come here until 2019. It didn't come mm-hmm. to the UK until 2019. Yeah, it so that's so why it, it counts for this. I didn't even hear about it until I saw it on your list. I was like, what the fuck is that? I need to see Lords of Chaos because yeah. metal is yeah. my favorite genre. Yeah, you'd so love that it. That would be sick. Yeah, no, it's, no, it's, it's it's, it's also a really interesting insight into just what it must have been like to have been partying and going crazy in the 80s with this music. I mean, it really, 
it's just fantastic and it's so emotional it, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's I, Brad and I both love extreme cinema and it's got these very extreme elements and it makes those moments emotional normally extremity is done for the sake of extremity or for the sake of making a point outside of the movie like making a political point like we're going to have this scene because you should be able to show this but in the movie it's extreme moments really work within the movie and make points within the movie and serve to tell Euronymous' story and so it's just everything about my taste coming together into one point um to really make something special. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, all of it actually, well, at least from what I know, all of it actually happened. So it's... Yeah, yeah. Like, even, like, the violence in the movie is visceral. Like, it's very real. Oh, it does God. not It does not feel like movie violence. All practical effects, too. I mean, yeah. really, it's just, just shocking. Incredibly well done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that is mine. I, I adore that movie. Aaron, what's your number three? I just rambled all over your number three. No, it's okay. Three. You said you said what I was um, going to say. But, uh, well, the, I'll just have to skip my number two then. But yeah. um, my number three is The Farewell. Mm. Still need that, to see that it. I missed my list. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. This is. Oh, the, you saw it on it. Missed your list. Yeah. Oh, cool. But the, yeah, the farewell missed my list. Wow. The farewell is another example of what I like in a movie coming together. It is dramatic and it is funny. But it's also low-stakes drama, which is my favorite thing in the whole world, when they take low-stakes drama and they make it extremely high-stakes and suspenseful or sad or moving. Um, the, the plot is, in China, what they'll do sometimes, it, culturally, is if somebody is about to die and the family knows it, they won't tell the person who is dying. So Grandma, for example, Nai Nai, Nai Nai, the character, Grandma in Chinese, Nai Nai is dying. They take her to the doctor. The doctor pulls the family aside. They're like, she's dying. You can choose to tell her if you want and they choose not to tell her and then it follows Aquafina um, Aquafina's character Billy um, in New York uh, going to see her Nai Nai for the last time it's like this is the last time I'm going to go to China and see Nai Nai she's going to die and it's that conflict of I don't know how I feel about this and it's low stakes in the sense of it's not like marriage story where there's yelling and screaming and there are things on the line there's money on the line it's like Nai Nai is already going to die the conflict is I don't know if we should tell her or not um, and Zhao Xuan who gives the performance um, is that how you pronounce it? Zhao sounds right Zhao Zhuxian who plays the grandmother an incredible performance especially I'm always particularly interested in performances from older actors see can they can they portray that that wisdom and age and uh, in, a, in a performance and she's so gentle and so wise and so it really comes across the movie's based on a true story it's an auto- autobiographical movie which is so interesting I find that you don't see that very often autobiographical films um, but it just after watching that movie I f- it just was one of those things like I felt like I understood for the first time what it must be like to be bicultural you know she Mm. grew up in china and in america i understood what it must have been like to be in that situation it does such a good job of putting you there and it's so funny that's what i didn't expect it's so funny it's so moving and it's just my kind of movie in every way totally unique um and i i couldn't recommend it enough i really couldn't i was i was expecting like a well, I, I mean, based on the reviews, you know, they critics always love those kind of movies. No, so I, I didn't know if it was just going to be one of those really emotionally manipulative movies, same, that, which I hate, or like um, politically, you know, a, a movie that would, it's on, critics will give movies high scores because politically they like it. Oh, this yeah. movie has Chinese people, so that's diversity. We're going to give it good scores. Um, that's kind of what I thought, but yeah. that was not the case. No, at all. it is not a even really a little beautiful, brilliant movie from director Lulu Wang. Yeah. 
Fantastic. Stuff like that pisses me off, honestly. Like, like uh, 12 Years a Slave. Do I think it's a good movie? Yes. Should it have won? I, maybe not. And oh, like, I, like, I think it should have. <laughs> like, Crash. I don't think Crash had any business even being nominated for Best Picture. It's yeah. just like, oh, well, it covers race, so let's give it the fucking Oscar. Shit like that pisses me off. No, yeah. it, it, and it's frustrating, too, because it takes away from <gasps> movies that are actually good, like The Farewell. I think a lot of people expect it to be this, you know... Same with Little Women. I think a lot of people are expecting it to be this feminist diversity fest. If you listen to Greta Gerwig or Lulu Wang talk, it's frustrating to me when people are like, and what's it like being a woman? I'm like, they're incredible directors, who, and, 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 and that's all. Like, stop boiling it down to stop just boiling, that. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, they're not political tokens. They're two directors who made two of my very favorite films of the year, and I think they should be treated with the same respect that a male director is. Cough, cough, Ava DuVernay. Cough, oh, cough. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, But my number three pick, this was really hard for me. Um, It was really hard for me to pick between my number two and my number three. This was where I had the most trouble swapping back and forth and... Mm -hmm. I'm I'm fine with my list now. Yeah, I'm in the opposite camp. My my top three were set. Same. Yeah. Yeah. It was my bottom mm-hmm. five that I kept switching around. Um, so my number three pick is going to be Parasite. Mm. This this was really hard. Parasite is an incredible film. Oh. Um, this film has some of the best tension moments that I've ever experienced. Um, I remember being in the theater with you guys. We are literally on the edge of our seat when the family is underneath the table in the other family's oh home. Oh my god! And when you look around at the theater when it's over you see everyone sit back in this relief it's like holy shit like that is incredible direction being able to move a theater of people with what you're showing them on screen the cinematography is incredible the way that they showed classism this is literally what it is it's like these two families like um there's this one scene it's a mild spoiler but there's this one scene where the richer family the guy and his um he's touching his wife while the other family's under the mm-hmm. table and he's t- he's talking to her trying to like fantasize her about about her being like this poor girl on the street or some shit and it's 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 just so like condescending it's so fucked up but it's it's visceral and i like it because it's just it's the way it was done was really well the way he talks about the dad of the poorer family that becomes like his driver the way he talks about how he smells and this poor people smell and all of these weird things it's just an incredible um, it was just incredible storytelling. I thought this was a really, really great film. Um, I feel like if I, if I say anything else, I'll be giving away other points in the movie, yeah, and I yeah. feel like you really need to see it. But You need to go in blind. Yeah, you really need to go in blind and just take it for what it is, but man, there were just two more films this year that were just... Mm-hmm. A li- it just hit me a little bit differently. I'm very interested differently. to hear what those are. The, um, what is your number two? Parasite. Oh, okay. It's number two is Parasite. That movie, again, I, I think it's a perfect movie. But not in the way that Spotlight is, where people are going to forget about it. Mm-hmm. You no. Will, no one will forget this one. Parasite is instant classic material. Yeah, it's it's perfectly written, perfectly directed. Um, the The performances are all just oh, so, so much fun to watch. They are. Um, I, I, I don't know their names. Uh, let me pull up their names real quick. <laughs> it's one of those things, too, where um, the performances, the reason they're not like... I don't think you're going to see any of them on the Oscars is because no, it's also... No, I think they should. Yeah. I, I do think they should. It's also tangled into the script, though. It's it's so tangled into the direction and tangled into the script. It's hard to determine. That's what makes it so beautiful and shiny and mm-hmm. round movie, you know, is 
where does the directing start? Where does the acting begin? Where does the script start? It's all so in sync. Yeah. They're uh, all on the same page. The, the, the two actors that I think just nailed it were Kang Ho Song, who played the dad. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mm-hmm. He, I think, because he's... He's one of the two that really had an arc, yes. yeah. um, and he pulled it off beautifully. Um, and Wu Sik Choi, who played the son, who first got the job. Oh, I was going to say, um, oh goodness, was it Yeo Jang Jo, or I think it was Yeo Jang Jo, who, who played the, the the rich mom? The rich mom. Yeah, you, yeah, you got it right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. No, yeah. she she did great, too. The I mean, housekeeper. again, They're everybody. All everybody. Um, and... I oh man I just it's it's hard to kind of put into words why I like this movie so yeah. much but it's it, you put it really well is that it's just the the amount of tension that he created especially when we have to read subtitles too that that's another thing that I just forgot while I was watching yeah. the movie I forgot that I was reading and I mean subtitles don't bother me but I think for a lot of people they're just going to forget that yeah. they're reading subtitles and it's it's such a powerful movie and you you do not know where it's going no I. It, no one can predict where this movie goes. Yeah, it's it's impossible. No, and it really is. And and, and it's, it's not like well, it's not like one of those twists where you're like, how the hell could I have guessed that? Yeah, this one like it's such a good couple twists yeah. that you're just like, oh, you love it. You yeah. love it so much. There's so much that you just don't see coming. Mm-hmm. And the 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 comedy is just so perfectly yeah. balanced with its, its very drama. Funny. Yeah, it's a really funny movie. But it, again, like Jojo Rabbit, it does not take away from the serious moments at all because um, they know how to how to balance it. Yeah. Um, and I, I honestly think this is going to win Best Picture. I, I think it's got it. You think so? Mm-hmm. I, this is my. It's not my personal pick, obviously, but it's so it's so close. But I, I think it could win. That would be really cool to see. Yeah, it'd be really cool to see. My yeah. number two is Lords of Chaos, which I already talked about. So, what was your number two? Uh, my number two is what I think is the greatest comic book movie ever created, and that is Hellboy. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> No, Brad. Green Lantern. I love, no, I love how he physically recoiled when I said that. <laughs> Hellboy, oh my god. Um, but no, Joker. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, I think I know. I think our number one's at the same. Yeah. Okay, I won't um, say it. Joker. I I I'm missing it. No, I'm just... I, I, shh, let him talk. <laughs> Sorry. I don't want you to think about what our number one is. Um, Joker is just... I, again, it is the single greatest comic book movie ever made. I think it does everything that a film should do. It has incredible cinematography. It has incredible sets. Incredible acting. Everything about this film is top-notch. I think it is absolutely perfect. There is there is nothing for me personally that I can poke at at that film and say, I didn't like that. That could have been better. Uh, maybe the lighting sucks in this part. I can nitpick. There is nothing that I can nitpick about in this film. Joaquin is just incredible. Um, one of my favorite scenes of the entire year is just him standing in that bathroom scene after he kills those guys. And as he is starting to go from this person who is unraveled and finding himself with the score behind it. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. It is just a great movie. I I don't see I just don't know when I'll see another comic book movie that's on this level. There is nothing even close to this in my opinion. Um it was going to be my number 1 film of the entire year, but then I saw something else and it's like, well, this is just greater than anything that I've seen in like maybe the past 2 years. So um, I I honestly cannot guess. I'm I'm like doing process of elimination. Good. I, you'll you'll hear it. Um so Brad, I'm going to pass it to you. What is your number 1 oh, pick? First 
This uh, I forgot to mention the score for Joker. If that doesn't win best score, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shit myself. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm just, gonna lose it. I'm going to soil myself. I will. <laughs> hey, we should watch the Oscars together, by the way. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. that would be awesome. My parents' giant theater room. Um, yes, yeah. sweet. Yeah, yeah. Let's do uh, it. Um, anyway. And we need. Oh, we need to do the whole ballots. You know, you yeah, have like always, a, and, I and we always say like, okay, like five dollars. Yeah, whoever wins five bucks or something. Yeah, give okay. it hard. Yeah, 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 it's a lot of fun. Um, my number one. I, I, boy, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because are your number ones the same? Yes, I, I'm almost positive. One hundred percent. Yeah. <sighs> okay, hold on. Cats. <laughs> Shit, he got it. I'm looking. Let's see. Um, it's not on your list. It's not on my list. Nope. I'm, but I'm checking it twice. <laughs> wow. I You're going to say it and I'm going to go, oh. You are. Okay, go for it. 1917. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. We're seeing, oh, I mean, I'm seeing it with my dad on Friday because um, it's finally coming out. He wants okay. to see it so I'm bad. I'm see it. Um, wow. Yeah. It's, it is one of the greatest war films I have ever seen. Um, the direction from Sam Mendes is... I, there, there are parts of it I have no idea how they did it. Um, the, Roger Deakins is the cinematographer yeah, on this yeah, one. Yeah. Every shot is gorgeous. Even it's it's a simulated one take. Yeah, There's yeah. a few cuts in there, but it's sure it's just beautiful. And the story of two soldiers, two nobodies. They really are nobodies. They're so low on the totem pole of soldiers um, that have to go behind enemy lines to warn the next army. Don't advance. This is a trap. And one of their brothers is in that army. So it's a really personal and just very uh, focused story. Because huh. World War One, there's not a lot of World War One movies because it's a really... it's I wouldn't say it's a boring war, but cinematically it's not that interesting. Yes. Because it's a stalemate. And it's... A, we saw what uh, They Shall Not Grow Old, the Peter yeah, Jackson documentary yeah, yeah, about yeah. it. Phenomenal. But it really did describe that the soldiers had no idea what they were doing. And even the generals were like, we're getting different orders every day and it was just it's a war between you know the, the two heads of the countries not, nothing it had nothing to do with the people um, and so this one kind of really went well into that because you could tell all the generals are just so tired and they're so red they, they don't know what's going on and they, they don't even care anymore at a certain point um, at least from the first army we see um, yeah, because they're just losing men. Every time there's new orders, they just lose more people, and then there's new orders, and then they have to fall back. So, so this is your number one as well? Yes. Okay. By yeah. by far. Um, I, I just want to say a few things, and then I'll pass it back to go, you. Go but, for it. No, go for um, it. Much like you said, like it's a quote-unquote like cinematically boring, but I think what makes this unique and what makes it so good is the one-take thing, because you're following these two guys from point A to point B the entire time. You're literally following them. So when they're going through enemy territory, you're constantly fearing for their lives because you have no idea what's going to happen. In other films, it's like, well, we're going to follow these people and then another set of characters, and then another set of characters, because you're with them the entire time, the tension of seeing if something's going to happen to them lasts the entire runtime of the film. Um, The technical aspects of this film is just some of the best I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Cinematography is incredible. And these guys, it's like you feel so much for them on their journey trying to get to passing through enemy lines trying to save one of the guys' brothers on the other end. It's just it's it's an incredible film. Yeah. Wow. And I can't wait for you to see it. You're gonna I, I hope you just lose your shit. You Gross. Will, yeah. 
It's gonna be it's gonna be disgusting. And but... I I I I almost cried at the end. I was I was honestly trying to fight back the tears because I'm with Brad watching it. I'm like <laughs> James. I didn't tell him this after the. I told him this after we we signed. I'm like I was like I was in there. I'm trying not to cry. I'm like don't be a pussy. Don't be a pussy in front of Brad. Don't be a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> After crying in front of I don't of think Brad. anyone's ever said that like ever like don't don't be a pussy in front of Brad. I'm like everyone's like, why is Brad being a pussy in front of me? <laughs> After crying together with Brad during Toy Story Three, my walls are down. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I gotta see nineteen seventeen. Yeah. I don't wanna say anything else. Okay. You just have to experience it. You're especially not just when, watching. Especially it. when Chewbacca shows up at the end. Yes. With his bow bowcaster, <laughs> it's crazy. My number one. I don't care. I do not care. <laughs> And that's today's show, everyone. <laughs> My number one, can you guess? I think I know what it is. Yeah, I know. What I, it I is. don't want to. Yeah, you I, probably know what it is. I don't want to. Spo- so I don't. I don't want to spoil your announcement of it. But I know what it is. I think. Okay, cats. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's Gemini Man because. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that one actually threw me off. <laughs> um, I just think what Ang Lee did. With that much money was just such <laughs> an abomination. It's like, how do you fuck up that bad? Uh, no, it's Parasite. Yep. Yeah, I, mean, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Parasite. I love thrillers. I love genre movies. I love Bong Joon-ho. You love, you love like, quirky family dramas. I do. You I love, love that stuff. I love so. quirky family dramas, and I love thrillers. So a quirky family... Well, it wasn't quirky, but it was a family drama thriller. Um, they had some quirks. I mean, I guess. But... Um, no, I mean you guys already said it so well, you know. And the thing is, it's all working in unison. Like I was saying, the actors, the director. You don't know where the good directing and the good acting. Like you can't where it starts and stops. Where it like, starts yeah. and stops. Yeah. You can't tell. Is this the script being amazing, or is it the acting, or is it everything is so in unison? It is a perfectly polished pearl of a movie, and I feel grateful that we have it. And it's one of those things that it's so good, it like escaped from Korea and like got all the way over <laughs> here. Because there are amazing Korean movies, and I'm always telling people, I'm like, watch Train to Busan, watch Madeo, which yes. is Mother, also by Bong Joon Ho. Um, you know, I saw the Devil. I saw the Devil. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Handmaiden. Um, old Boy, which I have not seen. <laughs> Dude, Old Boy is so I know, good. I know. I yeah. know. I know. I know. Um, but, uh, you know, there's so many of these amazing movies and nobody sees them and they do American remakes and all this stuff. And this movie was so good. It's like, oh shit, we can't top it. And everyone needs to see it exactly as it is really a brilliant movie. And I, 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 I just, I, I'm yeah. so happy that how, how accepting America has been of that movie. Me too. Like there I'm are people that, that people are seeing it. Yeah. People are like seeing it going like, oh my God, that was incredible. And I'm like. Finally, that like foreign films, I like Pan's Labyrinth. I think was another one that like yes. escaped borders. That was probably yeah. the last yeah. huge foreign film because nobody well, really saw the, Roma. Well, the artist wasn't that technically foreign. Eh, it was in English. Yeah, kind of. It was a silent film. Yeah, um, French production. By the By the way, I just reminded everyone of listening to this that the artist was a movie. I know it's <laughs> funny that it won Best Picture. It was a good. Movie. It was. It was a slow year. It was, it's yes. Like, it's like last year was kind of a slow year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which if, is why... If Green Book wins Best Picture, it's a slow year. Yeah. Um, Hell, even, like, even this... I thought that what they nominated was pretty weak. Yeah. Um, if Bohemian but, Rhapsody is on your Best Picture list. Yeah. But based on their list, I was like, A Star is Born is the best one on here. And that movie's great, but it's not, like, Best Picture. Yeah. yeah it'd be so, one of those movies that'd be, like, my number 10 of a, yeah, of a year. It was, in like, it was, like, my number 6, I think. Yeah. I, I great really movie, enjoyed but, like, that. That's the best the year has to offer. Yeah. Is Bradley Cooper. Right. But, again, like, movies escaping borders, like, it doesn't happen very often, but yeah. I'm so happy that Parasite did. Me, yeah. Me too. Me too. Especially because... 
like you said, there's so much good foreign cinema out there, mm-hmm. and we watch it obviously, but it's it's so good to see some of it get to the masses. Hell yeah, and we miss quite a bit of it too. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, it, it's it's well, it's really hard to keep up with. It's hard to keep up with because a lot of it doesn't even come to theaters here, so it's like home video, and then it just joins the pile of movies that you need to catch up on, and yeah. then you're watching new stuff, and you know, and you finally watch, you're like, why did I wait so long? I know it's like yeah. the, the the hunt with Mads Mikkelsen. Mm-hmm. The Norwegian one. Oh my gosh! Or Danish. One I think two. it's Danish. Danish. Yeah. Incredible movie. It took me forever to watch. It was yeah. on Netflix, and I just gave it a watch because I heard great things about it. And whew, what a powerhouse yeah. that was! No, really great movie. Yeah. Okay, so so our what did we pick? we did um, best director, I'm, I'm best up. actor, best actress, best supporting actor, best supporting actress, and I did original and adapted screenplay. I I did all of those two. I just I just kind of copied and pasted what you guys put in the group text, but I added uh, best original score. Uh, I oh. did I did too, and I, I added. Did we all pick Joker for best original score? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so we can skip that. <laughs> uh, but I also, I put cinematography in there as well. I mean, you guys probably both picked. I I didn't I didn't um, put that in there, How but dare you that's probably it. gonna be gonna be my pick. Um, so let's start off with um let's start off with best adapted screenplay. What do you guys Ooh, okay. think is um the film that has the best adapted screenplay this year? Probably oh, cats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to clip out every I, time you say cats. It's going to be the best. I really... I want to read that screenplay. It must be pure nonsense. It must be bonkers. <laughs> like, yeah. Just crazy. Okay. Um, uh, Aaron, I'll let you go I first. Would, I wouldn't be surprised if we all picked the same thing. I don't think we did. Well, I, th- I think we did. Well, I saw your list. Did you change it? I did not change it. What? Joker. Oh. I thought you picked Toy Story 4. I changed my mind after I realized Joker was an adapted screenplay. Yeah, I was looking up the I was looking up the list. I think it's all of ours. Yeah, okay, Joker yeah, yeah. too. Um, what's not to love? It's like James said. There's nothing to nitpick, um, and it's just it, what a daring adaptation. Mm-hmm. You know, other than Joaquin Phoenix's performance, the direction is really good. But there's like better direction this year. Like there's some directing that's truly stunning. Agree. Well, the thing that really lets the movie soar is the score, the screenplay, and Joaquin Phoenix. Um, and the directing of Joaquin Phoenix, obviously. But those three things are really what tie the movie together into this beautiful, sort of tense um, masterpiece. You know, and even when you're writing to think about taking it to the Murray show, and th- it was just so original. It was so original. When I when we think about adaptations as well, it was such an uncommon way to adapt something. Just really cool, really cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just, yeah, we kind of talked Joker to death, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I felt like it could have the film could have gone in a different direction trying to tell a quote unquote origin story of Joker. Yeah. And I just I really appreciate what they did with that film. Yeah. yeah. Cuz that had almost nothing to do with Joker. It's it's about a bigger issue. Like yeah. mental illness and yeah. society's expectations and I think that's yeah, that's another thing to write something so iconic, something that becomes immediately a moment in American culture. And it's not preachy. Cool. No, and it no, doesn't no, no. tell. Yeah, it's just it's just very heartfelt, which I think is so special. Yeah, no, it is it's really excellent. Yeah, yeah. Arthur Fleck, he he's the medium for everything that you just mentioned, Brad. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about best original screenplay. Okay, I had a harder time with this one. Yeah, um, me too. Because there were so many that I thought were just so good. Mm, I know. I'll, I'll mention some like honorable mentions, but like Jojo Rabbit, I thought that was excellently it's written. Adapted. Uh, Oh, is it? Oh my God, it is! I forgot about the book. Mm-hmm. Never mind. It's I very, didn't know there was a book. It's extremely vaguely based on a book. Um, I completely. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Okay, never mind. Um, not that one then. Um, I mean, there are other great adapted screenplays too, like Toy Story Four. I thought was an excellent script. Um, you know, that almost made my it's top my, it, ten. It's my least favorite 
Toy Story. Uh, three is my really? favorite. Really? Yeah. I need I need to watch it I mean, again. I need to watch all favorite. four again. I watched all four again. But they're actually, they're all great. Obviously, I still haven't is, seen four. It's oh. amazing. It's, it's actually I think it's the best of the Toy Stories. It's pretty okay. good. Um, but anyway, um, so what what are some honorable mentions for original? Um, I mean, everything on our top ten, obviously. Really, Uncut Gems recently yeah. got into there. Uncut um, Gems, The Farewell was up there for me, but the one I picked, it was just the craft of the writing was so unbelievable. I talk, think we picked the same Marriage one. Story. Oh, no. Wow, I picked Marriage Story. I think it is so rare that it's like, nope, you cannot improv because my script is already perfect. And that was the case. It was so... That's a good argument. The, mm-hmm. re- the writing is what carries the movie. I mean, obviously, Adam Driver and the, and the performances, but but it's, you know, there are good performances everywhere. You know, uh, without a good script, what are you? And... It was obviously good direction, but the script is the heart and soul of that movie. The research done into divorce, how real it is, how relatable it is, and like I said, that argument scene—you know—it's just impossible to 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 top that. When I was watching that, I was instantly going, "This is going to be played when Adam Driver gets nominated. You're going to play that part, probably to well, showcase I, it." You would think, but sometimes they don't want to spoil things. True. But, yeah, but the movies about a divorce arguments happen yeah. with couples, so maybe, maybe yeah. Sometimes not. they do make oddball choices with clips they pick. So because yeah, sometimes the studio just sends out random ass clips. Yeah, but um, but no, I really honestly for a screenplay to carry the movie, like it's very rare that like because normally it's like oh Adam Driver carried Star Wars Episode Nine on his back or he you know did. you, yeah, you usually did. hear like oh <laughs> man or like Parasite oh if it weren't for Boon Jung Ho or Bong Joon Ho and his direction you know tying it all together it, it really wouldn't have worked you know um. And this is is a rare case of the screenplay carrying the movie on its back, despite everybody being amazing, obviously. But just that caliber of writing is rare. So because of everything you just said, that just made me change my pick. Ooh. Um, So I had us for best original screenplay. Ha! <laughs> what a what a loser! Foolish. <laughs> but for every single thing you just said, I have to give it to Marriage Story. I feel like I would be an nice. idiot for not picking it because you are so right. The writing, the script is what carries that film. You wouldn't be an idiot for not picking it. You would just be an idiot for picking us. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing you. Um, well, cool. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that. I. Mine's Parasite. Yeah, mm. that was my other one. It's just, well, it's just they're so they're, Marriage Story and Parasite are so different because Marriage Story is not heavily plot based. It's very much conversations and making it real, Parasite, which I think is a yeah. lot to do with direction. Um, making, I mean, making that feel so real with with great performances. But with Parasite, there are so many things in that movie that you can't do. By just telling an actor something or like That's directing very, something that is very valid. Yeah, yeah. It, there's so many small things in there, so many small interactions and plot points that they put in there. It's just so perfectly executed and mm. and revealed because that's all the screenplay is. Is you have this a writer has all this information inside them. They have to pick when to reveal it and when the best time is. And I think Parasite does that the best. It's really tough because they're excellent scripts for opposite reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Parasite is excellent because of its tight plotting. Marriage Story is excellent because of its dialogue. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting because they're both yeah. totally... I love yeah. them both. It's a great they're pick, They're totally dude. valid winners. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so let's let's move on. Let's talk about Best Supporting Actress. Mm. You're, just, you're just throwing us curveballs. <laughs> you're just doing different... I'm going to throw you a curveball on this one. You guys are not going to know what I picked. Okay. Oh, what, what guess, did you no, pick? no, no. Why don't you guys go first? No, I want. I, now, you, now you got me all hot and ready. Yeah, I want to know. I want, I'm little Caesars, man. I'm hot and ready. 
Francis Conroy from Joker, who played Arthur Fleck's mom. Hmm. Okay. Ooh. For a minute, I thought we were talking screenplay. I'm like, we just said Joker for screenplay, Tommy. <laughs> um. Wow. Yeah. I just when I was what going, a stupid I, choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. She was she was excellent. I just I yeah. didn't even think about it's it. It's just that she I and mean, she wasn't in it very much, but she had such a. <laughs> So for the listeners, you want to know why we're laughing right now. So I tried to type in Joker into Rotten Tomatoes, and I typed in Jort. So Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Jort. Yeah. Nothing like a movie about Jorts. Um, just but, Joaquin Phoenix walking through to New York in Jorts, and they're just like, fuck you. And he's like, you don't understand. If I was wearing Jorts and I was dying, you would have walked right over me. <laughs> what is up with their algorithm? It's not pulling up oh, Joker's number one. Rotten okay. Tomatoes. Oh, dude. 69 is actually... That's Stupid. No, sixty nine is actually better than a hundred percent. Yeah, I would I would pick that any day. <laughs> in Super Smash Brothers, whenever I get sixty nine percent, I go, oh, I'm invincible until I'm hit again. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so with, talk about your with, weird choice. I I picked her because she carried the balance between is she is she actually mm. mentally ill or is she talk you know being real about it? Because a lot of actresses would have just gone full on with the crazy. But she did such a insidious version of a mental illness illness that she has that it's so real to her that you cannot tell if it's because it wouldn't have no, the, the twist wouldn't have worked with the whole like father thing if she was if she just acted like a nutcase. You're absolutely correct. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. I think a lot of people too forget like when you praise an actor like Joaquin Phoenix, like we've been praising, I'm like, oh my god, Joaquin, Joaquin, Joaquin. An actor, many times, is only as good as their co-actors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to have people to act with, and she was the peanut butter to his jelly. You yeah. Know? Um, so that's that's, that's a yeah. Good choice. That's that's my that's my pick. Maybe you're not so dumb after all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm gonna prove you wrong later. <laughs> um, best director Tom Hooper. <laughs> um, my pick for best supporting actress, and again, this is solely based off of the films that I've seen. Um, I'm going Scarlett Johansson and Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, she no, she's a good choice. She did an amazing job as the mom, and you know when what happens happens, it's like, well, fuck. Mm-hmm. She was such a huge part of Jojo's life, obviously. But I, I thought such I a thought warm she was presence. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought she was I great. loved her in that movie. She yeah. also characterizes Jojo. You can see where Jojo comes from and who raised him and that way jojo's arc makes sense because you can see who raised him in her heart and um no i I actually prefer that performance to her marriage story one her marriage story one is good but if we're talking about flashy emotional performances adam driver outdoes her what she does in um jojo rabbit is really help carry the movie in a way that most people wouldn't directly notice um she was obviously a great marriage story. I'd still give her a nomination. It's like, it's again, we're talking, you know, Mr. Muscle Man versus slightly bigger Mr. Muscle Man. Um, but no, that's a good choice. Yeah, what's your pick? Uh, I think I know. I want to get the name right. Zhao Shuzhen for The Farewell. Mm. She plays the grandma. She plays the grandmother. Yeah, I, need, I need to see Oh, it. my goodness. First of all, she, it's, it's, she is a non-English-speaking character and I'm assuming non English speaking actress um, in a predominantly English movie and I just 
it's so sensitive and so knowing and her performance permeates the movie when she's not there it's what a supporting character should do a supporting actor you know she's she's literally supporting the entire cast bringing it to life the movie she is the MacGuffin it surrounds her it's about her it's about her impending death um and it's just such a sensitive, tender, real performance from somebody who it's really cool. Like I said, she conveys her her wisdom and her age in such a graceful and a beautiful and an emotional way. Um, and it's not flashy, but it holds the movie together and it supports everybody in such a beautiful way. Um, I honestly hope that, that she wins the Oscar. Um, though I, I, I think she will. I think yeah. she will. It's looking like she will. It's such a. It's like Mahershala Ali in Moonlight, where it's such a you know, tender performance that ties things together so beautifully and bolsters up the other characters. You understand the other characters because of what she's doing. She's characterizing the other characters by existing. The movie is all her offspring coming to her. Um, and this, she is also so wickedly funny. Um, her and Aquafina play so well off each mm-hmm. other. Aquafina was almost my best actress choice. She was um, close. She was close. Yeah. She's so good, but it, it, it. I've heard she's amazing. She's in it. amazing, and she deserves to to be recognized. Because um, that's the first thing I've ever seen her in. Like I know she was in Crazy Rich Asians, and yeah. she's in a few other things. Oceans, but yeah. It's the first thing I saw her, in, and I was like, wow. Well, like, nice. and yeah. I've heard her like, uh, and she's really funny. Like, I was, she's very funny. Yeah, she's a, and I listened to some of her music. It's, it's funny. It's it's good and funny, and yeah. I'm like, okay. Uh, and I saw her in this. I was like, this. Okay, like completely different. You yeah. you nailed it. She's a, a really nice budding artist, and I'm yes. excited to see what she does, whatever it is. Absolutely. Okay. So um, so let's let's talk about best actress. Mm-hmm. This is another curveball. Mine's another curveball. Mine's a curveball, not another. I haven't had one yet. Okay. Are you guys waiting for me? Oh yes. <laughs> Taylor Swift in Cats. She's, she's actually supporting. one of the better parts of Cats, by the way. Yeah, because she already looks like a cat, and it, she does. And her, she can sing and has presence. So you know what? Props to T Swift. Yeah, anyway, yeah, what's your her. best actress? Sophia Boutella from Climax. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I rewatched it last night to specifically make sure because mm-hmm. I just remember. And oh my gosh, she's just so powerful in that movie. Um, her start where she's you know obviously she's she's been a dancer for like fifteen years um, in real life in real life yeah. yep um, but she was the only professional actress on set um, but the way that she could carry those scenes of those extremely long takes of really yeah. aggressive and Visceral. hard to watch and hard to be a part of scenes where you're just being emotionally drained. She completely nails it. Well, and you know, it's funny is how I was saying, like, you don't see the characters trip. You see, or you don't see what they're seeing. You yeah. see the characters. They so then- have to convince you that they are seeing the, like, the worst stuff possible. Or they're feeling this, like, bugs all over them. Or they're feeling like they're being attacked by something when they're not. Like, the way that she sells it is is incredible. Yeah. That's a good choice. Mm-hmm. Aaron? I know. <laughs> Do you know who I picked? <laughs> You want to take a guess? You said this was kind of a curveball? Yes, it is. I was going to pick Sour Shoes Ronan from... (laughs) Sour Shoes? (laughs) Zach Galifianakis calls that between two ferns, and I can't unhear it. (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, I was going to pick Sour Shoes Ronan for Little Women, but I picked... I don't know. Florence Pugh from Midsommar. Oh, mm-hmm. I thought you were about to say Little Women. I'm like, that's not lead though. No. See, She's I, very I don't too. see that as a curveball because that's my pick too. Ooh, really interesting. Yeah. It's so good. It's she so good. is really good. In that She's movie. so raw and so tragic and so. I mean, God, the movie is scary because of her. 
It's this movie in the middle of the flippin' daylight with very little gore. It's only scary because we empathize with her. It's only scary because she's scared. It's only scary because the people around her are abandoning her and the way she's reacting. She's depressed. She's trying to act like everything's okay, but it's not. Um, You know, her and her frown really carried that movie. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for everything that you just said, I mean, I would just be saying the same thing, especially... um, how she looks at the end where her boyfriend is burning in the mm-hmm. that house thing the way that she looks the the makeup work that was done on her the way that she portrays that character from the beginning to end it's just you're locked into her the entire time she is the reason that i i like that movie you know at yeah. all like because I, I do like the movie um and she she reason. elevated it a lot. Oh yeah. yeah, no. Without her, it would be less. And we always I always, I forget about. I mean, Ari Oster loves women crying their guts out for some yeah. reason. Um, like Tony Collette, obviously. Oh my she was God. she was so overlooked. She, she was, was yeah. so aggravating. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But Florence Pugh, her crying scene in this in the beginning when her when her family dies. Yes. Oh my gosh. I that also like the wrenching. scene where they're in the the the, the, the sleeping bunk. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Oh, with all the women, they're all crying at the same time. That was really good. That was yeah. really cool. The movie is really risky, you know, and, and sometimes it really works. And that and. and Thankfully, it's all of Florence Pugh's moments, and you could argue that that's because of her. Um, no, I, I'm glad we're on the same page there. Um, that's, that's one that I would say it's in my top three because it'd be her, her Aquafina, and Sofia Batella. Like that's like three that well, Aquafina is going to get attention, but no one else is. Like those other two are not. No, which is unfortunate. Yeah, um, it really is unfortunate because who who else do they think about giving the nom to? Scarlett Johansson. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Renee Zellweger for Judy. Uh, I mean, Scarlett's my runner-up. I didn't see. Judy, so I, I can't judge either. it. I can't. It's just it's such a traditional Oscar role. Yeah, that I'm kind of bored. I'm I don't even want to see it. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, is, 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 and is, I'm sort of sure Ronan really... is, is. Oh um, yeah, she's. I don't think I, I. She got so much attention for Lady Bird, and she still didn't win. She was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, she won't win for Little Women. No. Um, I don't think Little Women will win anything, but no. it's still really good. No. Right, well, from what I've heard, I, I do want to see it. No, I, I think it'll get some attention, but not. Yeah, it's very much a number five on my list kind of movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's talk about best supporting actor now. I think we might all Do have, we the, all same have one? the same one. We, James, we, you go I first. I don't Brad know. and I almost certainly yeah. have the same one. Um, so my pick is going to be Willem Dafoe. Yeah, right? that's, that's our, that's our yes. Okay. Yeah. Let's oh talk about God. it. Oh my God! If I had to pick performance of the year. It would be that one. Angry pirate getting, you know, he's like buried alive at one point. He's tossed around. He's he's just, he is the... He, he completely embraced this, the character. He's yeah. the swirling tornado at the center of this movie. The movie relies entirely on its performances. And Robert Pattinson is the straight man. He needs to go crazy because of Willem Dafoe. Um, Willem Dafoe's the catalyst for it. Robert Pattinson is definitely on my list of favorite male performances this year. But Willem Dafoe is just such a unique, idiosyncratic actor and a idiosyncratic and interesting character. And I could listen. The thing, you know, it's a good performance too because he's there's there's several monologues where I don't understand what the fuck he's saying. Like the dialogue, because yeah. It's I all need like, to see it, with but you're locked in, though. You're, you're locked so in locked in because I feel it. I don't need to understand it because Willem Dafoe is expressing it to me. 
you know, it'd be like watching a foreign film with no subtitles. Like, and the best kind of movie is one where you can turn off the voices and still kind of get an idea of what's going on. Yeah. 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 And that's what The Lighthouse is. Because I honestly didn't have any idea what was going on most of the time, but I was still locked in and I really it's enjoyed those it. And another thing, too, another reason is, is uh, it's so physical. Mm-hmm. A man his age getting tossed around like he's getting tossed around. And it's so physical. You can't believe that he's 60 years old. It's just he's sixty. Yeah, I thought he was like in his late forties. No, he's sixty. Wow. Um, it's a really special performance, and it makes the lighthouse uh, worth seeing. Yeah, another thing that's like in my top twenty, but yeah, um, you know. Yeah. But if it weren't for Willem Dafoe, that movie would be nothing. Lighthouse is in like my top fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's it's everything 15. that he does with his body language. Like, oh God, yeah. just it's a very short moment, but when he's like naked, standing in front of the light in the lighthouse, it's like, what the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah. what is this guy doing? Like, what is it doing to his mind? And that all comes through just the the movements that he gives in the movie. So. Yeah, especially uh, when he's drunk too. God, yeah, it's so funny. Like, it's so it works so well. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just what, incredible. Oh my goodness! What more can you say? Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about best actor. We, we I don't know if we have all the <sighs> this one was same really picks for this hard. one. Is the hardest one? This one was the same. hardest one. Um, I, I still have two names right here. Yeah, I, I, I know which one I'm going to pick, but I, I have two written down. I have a I, curveball choice, and I have two that I couldn't like legitimately pick between. Well, let's talk about some curveball choices or choices that didn't win. Like for example, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's um, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. I know Brad Pitt's technically supporting, but yeah. they're they're one performance in my mind. It's like a dual performance. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Yeah. They are one character. They are you know well, no, they're not one character, but they're one performance. It's just it's this beautiful in unison thing where they're so in sync and and dancing through this movie together, and it's so effortless. You've got these heavyweight actors doing this you know chill nineteen sixties acting, just coasting through it. And you know what they. It, they were coasting. They're they're so much stronger than what they're lifting. So it'd be like seeing, you know, Mister Incredible just lift a car with his finger like it's nothing. And that's exactly what what it was mm-hmm. like watching those two in Once Upon Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. They didn't need to be flashy. They're just surfing through that movie with incredible skill, and you're like, nice, <laughs> nice, nice. And it's one of those things where I wouldn't give an Oscar to it because there are some performances where you're like, whoa, that guy went there. That guy gave it his all. That guy, you know. But those two to see them coast. It's so fun. Yeah, it really is. Um, one that Roman Griffin Davis would be one of mine. From was he Jojo, Jojo Rabbit? Yeah, hmm. he that kid carried that movie. Yes, he did. Yeah. And that's and he good. did it with such ease. Yes, like he carried the drama and the comedy. Like he got blown up by a grenade and it was hilarious. And he made it funny. No, you you know what? You're absolutely right. Actually, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't understand the uh, praise the overpraise for his performance until you said that. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I, think about I, it. I think it's brilliant the partnership between the kid and Taika because you know Taika keeps the set fun mm-hmm. and he allows the kid to explore and do it's it's awesome. There's it's a lot really of heavy pick. things that he has to like emote on his face that mm-hmm. a kid like his age he was like like twelve or thirteen I think something like that yeah it's just incredible how, how he did that. Um, so sure. that's like my curveball pick because it's not exactly fair to compare a child to an adult no. in this. Regard but. well, and then shout out to people like Taron Edgerton, you know, from Rocket Man. Mm-hmm. Shout out to I still uh, haven't seen Rocket Man, he's, I he's the best part of the movie, yeah, yeah. Um, even like Robert De Niro, uh, Al Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa was so good. Um, even like the team in Parasite is really excellent. It's just there's so many excellent. I think Parasite was best ensemble cast. Yes. I think, oh, I think, yeah. If, if there was an award for that, it hands down, dude. Yeah. They're a unit. But are oh. we, I think we're stuck between the same two people. Everybody is. Yeah, I How think could so. you not? Yes. There's, there's one more. Um, okay. That uh, George Mackey, I think is his name from 1917. 
Mm. Yes. He is incredible. Yeah. He is mind-blowing in that movie. Yeah. That's another one where I'm, like, he's not even getting talked about, like, even a little bit. And it's really frustrating. Yeah. I think it's because no one's really seen it yet, which is frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, Adam Sandler's performance was obviously... Yep. That's yeah, another big one. I already said it. It's the best performance of his career. Oh, yeah. Like, and then there are also performances like when we talked about earlier, The Art of Self-Defense. Like Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse yeah. Eisenberg. You wouldn't give him an Oscar, but you would be like, that was so good. That this was might be fucked up for me to say, but I wouldn't give him the Oscar because I feel like the character is so Jesse Eisenberg no, that he's not really absolutely. performing no, as someone you're, else. You're absolutely right, and that's where it gets kind of tough because... Is it a great performance? Yes. But it's like, did he transform? No. Did he do anything different? No. But it's like Jesse Eisenberg doing Jesse Eisenberg better than ever. And he's doing it pitch perfectly. It is so good. He's doing his thing, and it's Um, great. So so it's it's worth recognition, but not like awards, but, you know... Or even like he should Rory be Culkin and Lords of Chaos. Yes. And there's so many good actors and actresses. This year was an actor's year. Last year was an actress's year. Mm-hmm. This year is an actor's year. Um, yeah, the two I'm stuck between are Adam Driver and Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, yep. Yep. I think but, we all um, are. I, I had to give it to Joaquin Phoenix. I've seen that guy in just so many fucking movies, and he was... I did not recognize him as Arthur Fleck. I, I have to give it to Joaquin in that, in that regard. I gave it to Adam Driver. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, I Why? It, can't blame you. It's so difficult, man. Like I, I, I want Joaquin to win it mainly for career wise because he's he's earned it so many times that I think he deserves it at this point. Yeah. But Adam Driver. Again, carried that carried a, well. So did Joaquin. He carried Joker as well. That's but. why I gave it to Joaquin. Mm. I gave it to Joaquin because he carried Joker. Adam Driver did not carry Marriage Story. He's surrounded by other incredible. He's surrounded by Ray Liotta and Laura Dern and Scarlett Johansson, all working together in unison to serve the brilliant script that I. Awarded. I just thought there was there was so much subtlety in his there performance. Is. That oh is my that's God. that's the hardest thing to get is subtlety because you know you can you know scream and crash around and do all that and that's hard that's hard on its own to do it without you know being you, funny you don't want to end up like Nick Cage right for the sake of screaming yeah like where it just gets to be a joke yeah but he balanced it so well in those just those small like you know tw- like uh, I don't know what you would call it like twinges in his voice like when he's getting emotional and it's there's just so much that it makes he it so really real. lived it. Yeah, there, there's not a false note in the performance. Um, my pick was ultimately Joaquin, though, for not only carrying the movie but for transforming, but also for the movie. When people criticize it for oh, it promotes violence or you know incels violence, whatever. Um, the only reason I would well not there are a lot of reasons why I wouldn't give that argument any credit but the main reason is Joaquin is so real and so sensitive and so visceral and so you like you watch that movie and you watch his performance and you're like I get it I I get it 100% yeah Uh, and then there's best director yeah let's talk about best director I'm guessing it's a lot like our best picture choices very close, yeah. Is it Sam Mendes, Sam Mendes, Bong Joon-ho? No. Mine's, mine's Sam Mendes. Mine's Bong Joon-ho. So. Mine is also Bong Joon-ho. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that was really, really hard for me because 1917 is my pick for best picture. Yeah. Well, I kind of just gave that away, too. But um, I just felt like Bong Joon-ho just We already destroyed. gave away best picture. We, we did best picture already? Well, that was our number one movie. That's true. Yeah, I just wrote it down and I'm just looking at my list. But yeah, I think Bong Joon-ho did an incredible job directing Parasite. For me, that was just a no-brainer. 
Yeah. No. It, it was it was hard to pick, but I just thought Sam Mendes really how difficult 1970 must have been. I think how how well he pulled it off is what what got me to directing is always a tough one too because directing can be good for so many different reasons mm-hmm. like orchestrating a long one take or orchestrating a million moving plot points like Parasite or bringing that sensitivity to marriage story it's like you know or even the love and care and detail that Brett, Greta Gerwig brings to this perfect little deep gem of, of little women you know it's like uh, th- there's so many that it's just oh it's Awards are hard. Movie mm-hmm. making is not a contest. <laughs> but no, I, I also gave it to Bong Joon Ho for the same reasons. It, it, it's so many moving parts, and it's just to 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 bring us this original, perfect little movie that is an instant classic from across the world deserves to be celebrated. Yeah, but I haven't seen 1917, and and that one feels like Dunkirk in that it is an achievement of directing. You know, Absolutely. Parasite's nothing new. 1917, you probably look at it and go like, what the fuck? Yep. Yeah, if if you are a person that loves the art of filmmaking, God, you got to see 1917. I'm excited. Yeah, it's a blast. I had um, to pick my grandma up from the airport when we when you initially invited That's me. right. Yeah. So I'm seeing go. it in Dolby on Thursday. I'm, I'm seeing it on Friday. Fucking wait. I don't know what I'm doing, but I might go with you. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Because I told my dad about it the first time, and he was like, I really want to see that now. I was like, okay, we'll go see it. So now, so what I want to know, though, is why isn't Cats getting more praise? Because... (laughs) I think we're in a very dog-centric society. We are. There is a dog in the movie, and you don't see it. Oh, yeah. It's barking outside the door. Well, it's like trying to get in. Yeah. And the cat shut the door. Does the dog have a face? No. No, you You don't see it. Yeah, no. God, if it did, though. I, cool. I wanted it so bad to be like a giant dog person, but that was not the case. Um, I do want to know some of your guys' worst of the other, particularly yours, because I haven't heard well, any of yours. You're doing an official podcast. Yeah, oh, I want to. I want to save that. I okay. want us. Yeah. I want the three of us to do a separate episode just on the worst. Great. I'll, I'll catch up. Then. I'll catch up. I want. I'll watch, I wanna, I'll watch some of them with you. Yeah, because like I've heard things like Countdown are super bad. Oh, we should, we should watch that. God. I want to yeah. see that. Like there are a lot of movies that. There were some stinkers this year, and I I want to be there. I, I haven't seen go. Countdown. What is it? Black Christmas. I haven't yeah. seen that oh, yet either. I don't know if we'll be able to see that before. Because isn't it out of theaters now? Is it know. already? No, it's it's it still, bombed. It's still playing a couple places. Oh, but. okay. I that's not. I don't think that would even. I feel like that would be so boring. I've heard of stupid that dull. Yeah. yeah, I need to see Six Underground. Um, yeah, that's boy. Lion you King. are in for a ride. With like, Six you, you haven't seen that many Michael Bay movies. At least I don't um, think you have. No. So this is going to be him at his worst. I'm not in the face. I've seen several. I know it to you know. I like think I've this seen. is what happens when you don't have anyone to tell you no. This is just. I said it in a tweet. He this hasn't. Is, he hasn't had that in a while though. Yeah. This is yeah. everything that Michael Bay masturbates about at night. <laughs> it all in this one it's, movie. That really is what it is. It's <laughs> it's horrible. Um, nice. But we'll, I'll wait for just describing it for the podcast. Um, okay. Cool. Well, then I'll but, save my worsts. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's gonna be a really it's gonna fun be episode. so much fun. What about like movies underrated movies? Lords of Chaos. Alita. Oh. So actually, speaking of Alita, best vi- I want to talk about best visual effects for a second, if we have time. Yes. Okay. Alita: Battle Angel has the best visual effects of any film this that's, year. That's mine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I would have given it to Avengers because it's so colossal. But true. But there's a lot of. I've seen it like three times now. Um, 
the suits that the time traveling suits those are all CG and you can tell because mm. yes the, when, especially when their masks are on yes you could tell there's like a it's it's a little not I'm not saying it's like cats at all but there's a similar thing of like the movement's a little off yeah mm. um, not nearly as much as cats there's no clipping or glitching but I just noticed it like the first time I watched I noticed it and I was like ah, that, that Alita, takes it down well an Alita is a visual effects movie yes you know but like the what is it they're skating at the end I forget what it's called Bocci a ball. roller derby roller it's like roller no, no, no it's rollerball roller no ball. that's a movie a motorball, isn't it? Motorball? Mm. No, I can't remember. That just what. sounds inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah, Alita would be my best VFX. Yeah. Um, well, and because the her, like, it could have been so easy for her eyes to, to put it into the uncanny valley and make it so un. Yeah. You couldn't like uh, sympathize with her because it's so creepy. Yeah. And a lot of people think that, but they haven't seen the movie. I was like, you really just have to watch it in motion. You get used to it within, like, five seconds. You do. No, it, it really does Even from the trailer, I thought it looked cool. Like, so, I'm a huge fan of the manga and the anime, mm-hmm. and I felt like it was brilliantly adapted. My problem is the relationship does not translate from manga and anime to movie. They went full young adult with the relationship, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work. That is, that is or else Alita would have been yeah. in my top ten. Honestly, it probably would have been number ten. It, it was, yeah. It mine was very close. It was in there at first, but then once I started like looking no, at it's more, got and more a couple, I was like, it's got a couple of fatal bullet wounds. The but. relationship just ruins the entire movie. And there's just so much time dedicated what, to what, the what relationship. relationship. The Christoph Waltz? No, no, no. With, with Alita and um, Hugo. Oh, jeez, you're right. And then Mahershala Ali. It was unfortunately bad. wasted. No, it just it keeps the movie from soaring. Yeah, and in a lot of the there's quite a bit of world building that feels kind of distracting, um, like setting up for a sequel kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. some of that I don't. I I understand why they did it, but it's it kind of keeps it. From I would being, still recommend yeah. it to anybody that's oh, any, interested. I oh, really yeah. did. Fa- enjoy. I have it on Steelbook right there. Yeah, yeah that's still, what got me thinking about it's it. It's fantastic. I here, here's some of the other movies that they're talking about for best VFX: uh, Rise of Skywalker. Sure. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the Star Wars in, almost Star, never wins. The effects in Star Wars are always so good, they're invisible, you know. And on top of that, it's like, well, I've seen that before. So yeah. you just accept it. Um, the Lion King. Uh, I mean, G- sure. Gemini Man. No. Fuck no. Uh, <laughs> the Irishman actually had some really nice de-aging. I thought the de-aging was done really well. It's just because of their body types now, because yeah. they're older, it just looked silly yeah. and it, it brought it out a little th- bit more. I think Irishman's going to win because of this, of how like yeah. subtle it was and how they had the to Academy, change it so many times. The mm-hmm. Academy likes they, that. Like, they gave, it, they gave um, First Man, Ex Machina. They yeah. love those small movies yeah. with... Very the visual effects of Ex Machina was amazing. Yeah, so it, and that was such a surprise too. So I, I think they're going to go with a surprise again because so, they don't like the so big stuff. On the topic of visual effects, Ad Astra, I am mm. not the biggest fan of that movie. I've not seen it yet, but visually, holy shit! They love they love space stuff. It's um, the uh, Interstellar team, isn't it? In the, the yes, same production, it is. So, yeah. it's the same is. production yeah. designer and cinematographer. Ad Astra so, looks amazing. Yeah, I do want to see that. Um, I'm very curious. Nice. I hope you haven't seen any of the trailers. No. Barely. Good. I Just don't... go in blind. Do not look at a trailer. Go in completely blind into Ad Astra. Okay. You don't have to t- we don't really look up trailers very often. We just kind of see them when they're at the theater, and that's about it. This in particular 
so I'll tell you the the movie that the sense of the movie that you get in the trailer is not the movie in any way, shape, or form. I've, I've heard that it's completely different. Interesting, because it's a very personal movie. It's not like a space epic that yeah. people are making it out. The, not that the marketing made it out to be. Yes, yeah, it is a completely different movie. It's if if actually I I saw the trailer and then I saw the movie and I'm like, well, where's that movie? Because yeah. I'm kind of more interested in that movie. I thought it was good, but I was much more interested in what the marketing led it out to be. Yeah. yeah. Like, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Huh. The more you know. Yeah. But, I mean, Cats obviously is going to win Best Visual. Obviously. As it should. As yeah. it should. Yeah. It's rare for VFX to titillate me so deeply that I involuntarily orgasm. <laughs> I couldn't handle it. Aaron, I had, I had popcorn next to you. Like, the cats, Brad. <laughs> they were so sexy. Um, do you guys have any like like real like underrated picks just for overall films? Probably, like yeah, yes. Um, I, I don't think Booksmart is getting enough attention. I never I saw Booksmart. I really, Booksmart. really, really like Booksmart. Um, I always have to Google because then I'm like, oh yeah, like Booksmart crawl, was crawl, really good. Yes, crawl does not get the recognition. Oh, it deserves. Cold Pursuit. Oh yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh, it's really oh, good. No, it's, is it? it's a great dark comedy. Let's yeah. see. Okay. Most under... Oh, 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 um, Cats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> movies. Oh, come on. Movies of 2019. The podcast listeners are like, whoa, this is entertaining. Okay, let's see. High Flying Bird, Steven Soderbergh's iPhone movie on Netflix, High Flying Bird, was amazing. Haven't seen it. Really good. Paddleton. I'd never heard of High Flying Bird. It's really good. It's about oh. NBA players. Um, but, like, them fucking up like financially and stuff it's actually really good um they're the most likely i think scary stories to tell in the dark i, thought that was I, good. I did not expect it to be as good as it was i feel like those were genuinely good scares it's it's got some um i think it's a really good like beginner horror movie for for like kids and teenagers because yeah. it's it's got some genuinely creepy stuff in there but it doesn't you know completely mess up your childhood <laughs> yeah i feel like i just said something that was really good what did i just pa- say you said paddleton paddleton that was Paddleton really from Netflix, the Duplass movie, Mark Duplass and Romano. So good. There are a lot of movies here that I'm like, oh, I heard that was really good. Like Fighting with My Family, I heard was good. Fighting with My Family that is probably my, yeah, that's oh. my most underrated film. I've Florence Pugh is insanely good. I've heard that in that Greta movie. is good. I've heard that her smell is good. If it weren't for that title, I might have seen it. <laughs> I've heard The Last Black Man in San Francisco is really good. I've heard that's really good as Manos well. Manos is supposed to be really good. Uh, ready or not? That was so good. Did I you guys see, see that? I no, these it. are tigers are not afraid. These are all movies that I've heard are really good, but I never bothered with just because I don't know. I was seeing other stuff. So I think I'm actually we're gonna wrap it up here. The next episode is gonna be all about the top ten worst mm, movies nice. of 2019, and I have so many fucking things to say about that list of movies. Man, that's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, there's some hot garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aaron, Brad, thank you guys so much for joining me on this podcast you are so welcome we're so excited to talk about our worst movies of the year next time that's gonna be a lot of fun also you didn't put American Hunt on your list and uh (laughs) I uh I have have some words you didn't put American Hunt on your list either yeah I'm biased I can't (laughs) but James he has no bias because I'm sitting right next to him American Hunt is my number one movie of the year it's my number one movie that barely cost anything (laughs) Actually, I can think of an... Let's see. Can I think of a... Oh, shout out to Velocipaster. 
That one's underrated. Is that a 2019 movie? Yes, it was. Oh. It was. I still hu- need to see it. It was you hilarious. You keep talking about this movie. It was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, no, we had, we had, a, we had a great time being yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so tell everyone where they can find you online, any new projects that you're working on that you want to talk about. Yeah, so just Google cats and press enter <laughs> and you'll find me. <laughs> it's Aaron just like with a smile just outside the theater. It's It looks like the poster for Nymphomaniac or Nymphomania. <laughs> Oh, no. The orgasm posters. Oh no! That's what it looks like when 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 you look up cats. You just see it's just me. a collage. It's just a collage. Um, you can follow me on, on Instagram at uh, Aaron Murtis. That's at C A T S. It's it's at Aaron Murtis. A A R O N M I R T like Tom E like Elizabeth S like Sunday. And you can follow me on. Instagram. That's actually it. Yeah, that's all you have. I'm a social media. I changed my Letterbox name. Did you see that? I noticed. I changed my name on Letterbox so I could shit talk movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you what it is. Yeah. Um, I'm on Twitter, Instagram. Both are B Belemjian. Uh, good luck. B B E L E M J I A N. There you go. That's it. I'm also on Letterboxd. Nice. So look me up. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty active on there. I really enjoy it. If you it's go on Brad's followers list and you can guess which one I am. <laughs> it's not very well hidden, but it's there. I don't think people would know it was me. Well, no, they wouldn't, but now they do. Mm, yes. Yeah. Um, that's really about all the social media. And we're also, uh, we, I, we just finished our new movie, The Alpha Test, mm-hmm. which you need to see. I got to show it to you. It's, um, it's called The Alpha Test. the name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's called The Alpha Test. It's a science fiction horror movie. We just did the premiere. It was received really, really, really well, and I'm really pleased with that. Charlie, my friend Charlie Seedsaw, loved it, which I really... Oh, good. Yeah, he loved it. He, he said it's my best and goriest yet. It is my goriest yet. So it's, it's science fiction that turns splatter, and it's just... It, I'm really, really proud of it, and it comes out later this year that i'm also finishing up my new movie ouija craft um which should be out probably in the summer and then brad and i are currently developing a movie that we're really excited to show you guys it's kind of like a chamber thriller puzzle thriller kind of thing that we've always wanted to do um so we're shooting that probably march march ish march um yeah and then i'm doing a kids movie for high octane in, in in the early summer so, yeah, we got a lot going on this year. We're excited. This will be probably our busiest year yet. Uh, you guys can follow me, of course, all over social media at see the number four spoilers. Uh, the best way to find everything that we do is at carefulforspoilers.com. Slash cats. <laughs> you will get links to all of the podcasts on the Careful for Spoilers podcast network. We also write articles on movies, gaming, anime. Uh, again, Brad, Aaron, thank you guys so much for joining me. Listeners, thank you guys for tuning in every single week, and we will see you guys next time. Sweet dreams. Bye.